0: The summer
1: of rock one oh one portland attention broadcasters in the greater portland area your daily show prep begins now
2: Good morning to you. It's one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five. And this, the month of August, the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and unbelievably warm studios.
3: I kid you not, I just burned my finger on the board.
2: A Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is currently more than 100 degrees inside the KUFO studio. It is 5.01 a.m. I sense the best show ever on the horizon. All right. That'd be one of the best days we've ever had. Amity, as you know, means friendship.
3: And I think we ran out of coffee, too.
2: Jesus, God Almighty. I think Tim managed to steal, uh, liberate some coffee from upstairs. Awesome. All right, excellent. Well, on that note, Jesus, I can't even breathe in. When I inhale, it's like I'm sucking down lungfuls of exhaust. God Almighty. All right, so just have a little backstory here. Uh, I, I don't know if it's hot where you are. You may be somewhere outside of Portland. You may be inside an air-conditioned home. You may be in a stifling apartment. So I was getting ready to leave the house this morning, and it was about, uh, I don't know, about, about 5 to 4, something like that, about 3.50. So my phone rings at home, which is very unusual. It, it, nobody really calls you at 4 in the morning unless there's somebody in your family who has uh, decided to shuffle off their mortal coil. So when the phone rings at like 4 a.m., That usually means somebody's not coming into work. So I answer the phone right before I walk out of the house, and it's Tim. And I said, hello, Tim. And he said, do you have a fan? And I said, "Uh, why would you ask? Already kind of knowing with just a sort of sinking sensation why he was asking the question. And Tim said, the air conditioning's been out all weekend. It is currently more than 100 degrees in in the studio. I said, yes, I I do have a fan. Let me bring that in. I'm sure it'll make all the difference.
3: And this isn't an exaggeration, mind you. It is quite literally over 100 degrees It's
2: unbelievable in here. It is,
3: um... I'm sweating.
2: (laughs) Just, for people who aren't really aware, so we're in what you might call, well, it's not a cramped room, it's just that it's a room that's very full. I mean, the room itself, our studio is actually, you know, this is relatively sizable, it's just that it's full of, you know, sweating DJs and electronic equipment. Ditto for every room in the building. There's actually this room kind of in the core of the downstairs here, called the Rack Room. And the Rack Room is called that just because it's full of racks and racks and racks of electronic equipment. Equipment that just throws off an unbelievable amount of warmth. So on the one hand, we... Oh, and we got no windows that open, too. Um, so we have no openable windows. Also, we're sealed in this, like, weird sarcophagus labyrinth of, of, of offices down here. Also, the air conditioning's been on a weekend. Also, it's August. What are we at now? Five? six. The, the FQ. Um, we are now at the end of a heat wave, which I think is, is lessened a little bit, but is still ongoing. Have I mentioned the rack room? Anyway, it's hot. Maybe. It's like 102 degrees in the studio. It's okay. Playing through the pain as we always do. Awesome. All right. Uh, coming up uh, later on today, I swear to God, we're going to talk to Mary Jo Badafuka and uh, Mia Yovovich. Jovovich? Is that how we decided her name was pronounced? Or is it Mila? Now nah, I knew one of the names was pronounced differently. I think it's Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. There we go. Mila Jovovich coming up later on the day. Mary Jo Buttafuku. Not like at the same time or anything, but uh, what else? Uh, we will be talking to Christy Turnquist from the org. It's, it's like my voice is gone before it even leaves my mouth. It's like I open my mouth to, to have the words come out and they just evaporate into the heat. Christy Turnquest from the Oregonian will be here, and uh, we've got your chance to win a uh, uh, the pair of passes to see uh, the Summer of Rock Part 2, which is staying Shinedown Chafel and Hailstorm Monday at the uh, Amphitheater at Clark County, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, plus an exclusive acu- acoustic performance um, by uh, Shinedown. <laughs> Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you this
3: morning? <laughs> Hi. We have sweating coworkers wandering around. Yeah, at
2: least we're all suffering together sort they of were like one uh, big
3: happy family.
2: That's what I'm saying. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the show from the boss's office because his heart keeps it nice and cold.
2: Right? Yeah, see that's the, the, see that's the thing and every <laughs> you you go to any of the sales areas, any of the management offices, uh they're nice and they're nice and chilled. All right.
3: Uh oh, but I'm doing I, I had an, a really really fun weekend, but um I'm hot.
2: <laughs> I am glad you wore something <laughs> that you can sweat through.
3: Seriously, I wore this shirt but this morning. I was like, "Oh, you know, sometimes I sweat in this shirt." I'm like, "Ah, the studio's freezing. It's gonna be fine. No big deal. Now yeah. I'm already completely sweaty.
2: Oh, it's good cool. God! Tim and I were actually discussing this morning. This morning, the possibility of doing the show from like outside or from the roof or something. But the thing is, even if we were able to contrive some sort of a way to do the studio from down the hall, you'd still have to be in here. Mm. That's the thing that is like the suck about. it. And we couldn't do that, in, you know, good conscience. Not oh, that anybody offered. Not that anybody offered to make that happen. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's fine. We're game day players.
3: We sure are.
2: All right. Was your weekend satisfying? And
3: It was. It was awesome. I They spent the weekend at the pool. Um, I, I bet it
2: was cool there.
3: It was. It was really nice. I bet
2: there was a nice breeze blowing along, <laughs> dangling your feet in you the know cold, what it is? It's clear you Carmen, water.
3: Because you and Tim are always going on and on about how freezing your rooms are from your A.C. You did this to us.
2: Yeah, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I, you uh,
3: especially. Oh, I saw a stripper rip out her extensions at the pool this weekend.
2: Is that what you? Is that the the message you left me? Where you you tell me that there was a stripper who took out her hair extensions that she walked like, up and left them by the pool. She
3: left them by the pool. Yeah, she was uh, so. Stri- oh, oh, and also, stripper soup is now not just stripper soup. It's also hooker soup.
2: And just for everybody that doesn't know, so stripper soup is this is the this is the name you have given to your friend Heather's uh, apartment building where the swimming pool is used by strippers yes. during the day. But now they're not strippers. Now they're. Hookers? Are they strippers no, who became hookers?
3: No, no, no. They're different. They're different. I didn't know. So we were sitting here talking to this girl. You know, she'd had a few cocktails. And she's like, oh. We were talking about how we called it stripper soup and laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And then she's like, oh, you know, my friend. She's the lady of the evening, too. I'm like, oh, like a stripper. And she's like, oh, kind of. I'm like. But with more sex. I'm like, like an escort. And so she was. So she was saying she's an escort, and basically, like, the more she nerd, she's like, yeah, she's totally a hooker. Well, hookers got to swim, too, Sarah. And the, the more we started talking, like, found out that, like, there are many, many hookers that live in this apartment complex. Awesome. And that there's a hooker manual.
2: What do you mean? A, mean manu- a manual what? <laughs> oh, oh.
3: I mean that the girl was telling me that she has seen this book that uh, that her hooker friend has um, with the rules of hooking.
2: Like, hoeing for dummies?
3: Yeah. Like some, uh, kind of, some kind of hooker handbook. Pleased to
2: obtain a copy. Oh, oh Please, I will. Pleased to bring. She
3: promised me. She's like, as long as you don't say names, I'll give you a hooker handbook.
2: Excellent. Uh, coming up later on the day, we'll do our recap of last night's episode of True Blood, which you were actually still finishing, right? You got like yeah, 10, 15 I'm minutes left? It. It's awesome. It, I'm just going to say right now, it contains the worst acting that Bill Guy has ever done. Ever. It contains... I has... saw It's
3: like, are you just going to let me bleed out?
2: Oh, oh see, yeah. that's bad, too. There, there's a scene. I don't know if you got into it yet. I mean, I, I'm, all, I I'm right. getting my thoughts on it. There's a scene in last night's True Bloods, the worst acting that show has ever had. I
3: didn't realize the front of your knees could sweat.
2: (laughs) Everything can sweat, Sarah. (sighs) All right. Hello, Tim Riley. How are you? Oh, I'm like ill. Hey, is it
4: hot enough for you? I've been here since three, so I've been in here dying for two hours already. God almighty.
2: Um... Hey, by the way,
3: just I love think, it, by, it. I love bonding days like this, though. Like we're all. My headphones
2: are too hot. It's like
3: <laughs> my, you have to touch the board during the break. The board burned my finger.
2: By the way, Sarah's control board is made out of metal. That's awesome. The uh, board that Sarah uses, which is how she adjusts all the volume levels, plays everything, all of our pieces of audio, whatever, is actually made out of big sheets and panels of metal. Hey, incidentally, uh, so we can just add one more thing to the uh, to the pile. Do you remember that thing you had last year, Sarah, where one of your ears just clogged up and wouldn't unclog?
3: Yes, and I finally had to go to the doctor.
2: I got that ever since yesterday
3: morning. Oh, no.
2: Woke up yesterday morning and... Right side of my head is fine. My left ear—it's like everything kind of sounds like this.
3: Oh, that threw me off. And I'm that jamming a finger
2: in there, trying to—which, of course, only makes it worse. And I've given it a full—it's now been almost a full day. And uh, no, you got to
3: go and get that. My left out. ear
2: just sounds like this, and everything that comes into my left ear sounds kind of. Oh, you got to go
3: to the doctor, and they just pour a bunch of uh, like.
2: I'm doing like it today.
3: warm water. No, no. In no your the ear. second
2: I get off the ear, I'm gonna call. Uh, I'm gonna call yeah, my and insurance company. Be like, you got to fix my ear.
3: I waited way too long. You've got to get that. No,
2: door no, no. Door. And I'm curious to see—did you have a huge black ball of uh, crap that came out of your ear?
3: Something
2: like that. Awesome. Oh, my God. Let's pay a brief visit to the news desk with your personal savior. Are we all? Are we, we have to. Do you have it? Do you have it ready? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's no getting around this. We, there we go. Thank you.
0: Rick Emerson shows non-stop coverage of Hot Pocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim.
2: Ryan. You know why, Tim? Because the heat is right here inside this room. It is true.
4: Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.09.
1: Uh, Whatever just powered down?
4: I don't know what just happened. Oh,
2: no. I'm sorry, no, I'm not laughing at you.
4: No, I, I had no idea what was going to happen until I started ta- I don't have a voice, do I, for some reason? I can't imagine why, for
2: some reason. It's mysterious.
4: Okay, let me try it.
2: This isn't any better, is it? What were you doing just now to try to make it better? Were you adjusting I, slightly I in your chair? My throat. All right.
4: Maybe we should take a break.
2: I can just... uh... Good
4: morning. Oh, my gosh. I, I had no idea how bad this was.
2: Let's just take a second. All right. How about now?
4: Okay, let's try this. And this is serious stuff. Okay. A Continental Airlines jet made an emergency landing in Miami this morning after severe turbulence left at least 26 injured. And I sound like crap. The Boeing 767 was traveling from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to Houston with a pilot advised that the airliner had experienced turbulence at around 36,000 feet. It was later diverted to Miami. At least 26 passengers have been treated for injuries, ranging from bruises to fractured wrists. Emergency officials say four people are listed in serious condition. None of the injuries are thought to be life-threatening. The jet was carrying 168. I'm trying to be. Sad. The jet was carrying 168 people. It landed safely at 5:45 Eastern time.
2: That was inadvertent, by the way. I was, I, to, I was trying to. adjust it down so it didn't happen again. And then, ironically, it and happened again. I just again.
3: gave you the mom look. No,
2: no, no. no. I was trying. I was trying to turn it off. And then it's like your finger slips, and the next thing you
3: know,
2: it's... no, it's no good. All right, here's Tim Riley.
4: A twenty-six-year-old Springfield man is behind bars this sporting, accused of being involved in a plot to traffic children for sex. The Milton could spend his life in prison under federal law if convicted. The U.S. Attorney General's office didn't release much information about Milton, but says he's one of eight people that face similar charges he's being held without bond. Why did a state and house explode? Officials are trying to figure that out. It exploded over the weekend. They responded to East Burnside Street around 11 p.m. Saturday after two explosions left a home engulfed in flames. Northwest Natural Gas had to shut off the gas in the home after firefighters reported smelling it in the area and called a third alarm. Investigators believe a gas problem could have been a factor in that explosion.
2: You know, I'm I'm getting a little, uh, little sweaty over here. I'm just noticing that right now. I'm glad that I. I think it, my my throat is sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like actual like a sweat on my uh, on my ears at this point too. That's a thing I didn't know you could sweat from. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of good music to be played.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you yes. can just keep updating people on parts of your body that That's you don't right. sweat.
2: I can just do like some sort of Andy Carson sort of map. Right, and as you can see, the moisture is beginning here on my scalp. Uh, it's going to be traveling down through my elbows and then uh, later on coming from my heels. It's so
3: weird to have the front of your knees sweat.
2: That's what I'm saying. And let me ask you this, do you ever do this, this is final observation about sweat? Do you ever do this uh, when you were perhaps a young person, you were driving a car that had no air conditioning, be driving along with it with your uh, your peeps on a road trip of some kind and then you get that uh, you get the back sweat and I you don't that want right th- now. see and the thing is and you don't want the back sweat to become butt sweat. And so, what you have, but you don't have any air conditioning, so you have to do the thing of rolling down the window. And if you can't take your shirt off, like if there's a chick in the car or something, you can do that thing of like pulling your sleeve down so that make the a air, wind tunnel. totally, so the air rockets down into your sleeve and then around your back like some sort of private encircling of cool. All right, we're gonna do this. Uh, straight Greg's friends call it swamp ass. I got me a bad case of that, uh, swamp ass. Give me a sponge. I'm fixing to blot. Straight ahead, we have more. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Monday morning. Boy, it's
0: hot in here.
1: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show.
4: So it's a combination of improv and
0: house cleaning. On Rock 101 KUFO.
2: From the beautiful downtown studios of Rock One Hundred and One KUFO here in Pleasant Portland, Oregon, where it's a balmy temperature, too high to record uh, on this Monday morning. It is uh, the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you. Hey, just incidentally, so we—the air conditioning is—I'm um, unclear about whether the air conditioning and the heat pump are the same thing, whether they're two different things, and if they're both broken or if it's just one this morning. I don't think the heat pump is broken. <laughs> It's pumping in all the heat we could ever want, Tim. So, just FYI, so we've got this sort of, uh, we've got this, uh, what do you uh, the uh, thermometer here in the studio that shows us what the temperature is most of the time? Usually, it says one degree. That's when it's room temperature. Right now, it says fifty-seven. So, just I'm assuming that it's fifty-seven degrees or fifty-six have... degrees above what it normally is.
3: We have an old like thermostat. Or... Wait, what did we do with
2: it? We have an old thermometer from uh, from when we were in the studio, done the hall, which I brought in here. Uh, and it started going up one degree a second, and then it froze. So no it just way. it just stopped at a hundred. It wouldn't go up any higher. Your your Mac would have a temperature thing on it. Uh, now does oh, that yeah? Mac, does the Mac uh, show the temperature inside, or does it, is it hooked That's into a like? Good question: I'm not sure. See, I thought it was hooked into some sort of like a weather it might be. service or something because it gives you the forecast too. It doesn't just give you the current temperature. Mm-hmm. No, I brought in that thermometer from down the hall, and it hit a hundred degrees, and so then it wouldn't go up any further. And then a red light in the front started to blink. So. I'm assuming that means something good. Uh, it is uh, currently 5:25 a.m. and uh, it, it, I have nothing further to say except that now my voice is becoming like the Gobi Desert, sort of like Tim's. That's what I get for that's what I get for snickering. All right, let's pay a brief visit to the news desk with your personal and underhydrated savior, Tim Riley
0: and show's non coverage of Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone. It is 529 from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. A man is presumed drowned in the Columbia River. They say 23-year-old Christopher James Lee and another man entered the water while sailing near Hayden Island, and only one of them made it back to the boat. Somebody on the vessel is reported to have tossed a flotation device. But it didn't reach the guy in time. That's the way it goes sometimes. A 22-year-old woman was riding a kid's bike, and now she's in critical condition. A lot of people say she should have anchored her age. Uh, Shauna, make that Laura Sherrod, was riding a kid's BMX bike when she lost control and crashed while driving down from Timberline Lodge. A driver
2: found her and she was transported to OHSU. Why would you be riding a bike down from the Timberline Lodge in any event? That doesn't make any sense. Isn't that place like 100 miles above the rest of Portland? Mm-hmm. I suppose so. Well, that's just absurd. I mean, even if there's no snow, I mean, the elevation is like riding down the side of a giant rocky corkscrew. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. You shouldn't uh, you shouldn't do that. And by the way, it, 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 we will put her in the same category as those guys who ride, the, those uh, jerk-ass guys who ride the big tall bikes or whatever.
3: Oh, I hate those guys. I
2: hate those guys, too. And then the guy and who I rides... don't
3: know why. They don't do anything to me. But they
2: do. See, but, uh, no, no, no. Nah, you know, uh, it, it, we, I have a whole thing I could say, but, they, but they're just like... Uh, they, they are what... And I can't take any credit for this. Daria actually told me this phrase. She said they are what... She was bitching about the tall bike guys because she hates them, too. She and I were at some, some place somewhere, and... Uh, she was talking about how they were what Philip Roth, the author, would call urban attention seekers, who are simultaneously seeking yet denying that they are looking for your attention. Because the guys on the idiot tall bikes or those guys that ride where it's like the bike with the one real big front wheel and then like little tiny wheel in the back, they all have to act all like nonchalant about it as though there's nothing strange. Because, of course, then it looks like they're working for your attention, which is considered gauche. My lips just touched the microphone and this microphone is like a frying pan. I think I could probably cook something on this microphone of mine. All right. At the uh, news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley.
4: Uh, foot Patrol in Portland is finding success in throtting prostitution. Cops say they've noticed that the Montelva Neighborhood Association's Foot Patrol has positive impact on crime. Is that the, is that the wording they're really look, looking for? It has positive impact on crime on South 82nd Avenue. A local residence began monitoring the area as well as 2008 after one man grew tired of having the sex trade occurring in plain view of his, well, humble abode. I
2: can't imagine who would possibly grow tired of that. I might pay extra to have sex trade occurring within full view of my humble abode. By the way, so this is the, thermo- the thermometer in question. See, it doesn't go up to triple, to triple digits. It just goes up to 99. Oh, yeah. So it went up to 99, and then this red light in the front just started blinking and didn't stop for a long time, which can only mean something positive, I'm sure. I'll just... I'm going to turn this face down. It's probably better if we don't see that. That's the sort of... I'd prefer not to know altogether. Meanwhile, several Portland city
4: schools will soon run on the power of the sun. Nine schools will... Good to know, know we're getting a head start I'm here in the studio. <laughs> I know, that's true. They'll be uh, at least partially solar-powered by next month. Woodstock, Creston, and Roseway are just a few of the schools getting new solar panels. The project is expected to provide about 18% of all energy needed in the buildings retrofitted. It's being called the biggest project of its kind
2: ever. does it seem like we could, uh, maybe if we each had some sort of a... Um I was just now trying to brainstorm some kind of solution to this that involved, but it involved like strapping a small oscillating fan uh, to our backs, which I, I realize now is the product of a mind that is probably under caffeinated and overheated at the moment. Because that doesn't make any sense. We have two oscillating fans here that aren't doing a thing. <laughs> they're stirring up, they're stirring up the hot air. So, we, so Tim called me this morning. This, see, you didn't get the call though, did you, Sarah? Because no. Sarah and I got here the same time. We got here about four fifteen. And as we're getting out of the uh, as we're getting out of the uh, the car, Sarah noticed that somebody had propped the back door open a bit, and she said, "What's up with the back door being open?" And I said, "Oh, you're not going to like the answer." And she said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, the air conditioning's been broken all weekend; it's like hundred degrees inside." And without missing a beat, this is why Sarah's great. Without missing a beat, she just goes, "So we're going to be mugged, but at least we'll be sweaty while it happens." And I said, "Yes, that is in fact." And then I was, but I was getting my oscillating fan out of the back of the car because Tim called I me and he's like, "Can you bring a second fan it's to work?" It's like
3: a punch in the face when you walk in here. You
2: walk into the studio. <laughs>
3: I know that we're talking about the heat, but we can't. There's no way we can't. We go
2: back it. to our offices, uh, we, you know. We, like we'll go to like a song or something. Go back to our offices, and um, we'll come back when it's time to talk again. So don't feel like we're abandoning you, but we are just a little bit. So we, we'll walk back when it's time to talk, and it's like you've forgotten exactly. Just in the space of five or six minutes, you'll forget how hot it is in this room, and then you'll walk back through successive curtains of smoke and heat until you get back into where we're standing right now. Just unreal. But as Tim pointed out, the fans are doing. You know, the goggles, they do nothing. The fans, they do nothing. Because there's really nowhere for the hot air to go. We're just in, like, this sealed-up space station of a room down here. I know it sounds like we're complaining, but we're complaining. What are you going to do? What's a brother going to do? It's 102 we degrees. Should,
4: we should all read this new book, Thank God It's Monday, Creating a Workplace You and Your Customers Love. Hey, by that the That is
1: exactly what's going on, and the people who are left behind are so wigged out, they can't even think straight anymore. So it's wigged out? More layoffs and more lack of results and, and, and more lack of prosperity.
2: People you left behind are all flippity jibbity. By the way, we happen to know it's actually, I'm sorry, I was wrong when I said it was 99 degrees. It's 99.9 degrees. degrees. Just like, you know. For Suzanne Vega fans in the house, all right. Let's do. Uh, let's do uh, uh, something else. By something else. I'm Sarah. I mean, this. Uh, here's a little ode to the quasi relief to our heat induced misery this morning. It's the Rick Emerson show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's hot where we are. A
4: brave man beats a man named
2: Bam with a fan
4: as he wrestles <laughs> the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam <laughs> was beaten with bad. a fan.
2: What is going on in? this news story
4: well a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door well the van in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice an oscillating fan an oscillating fan well the van in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice an oscillating fan an oscillating fan Mr. Bam was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Bam like ham? Right, okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Dong fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong fam. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a Fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Stop. 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 Mr. Dong Bam. Okay. This is the Rick Emerson Show. My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked.
0: On Rock 101. K U F O.
1: Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone.
5: As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through a Biscuit and the rock star.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: downtown portland oregon it is the rick emerson radio program so here's a little fun fact so sarah changed clothes during the break just now uh because you were wearing this light blue shirt and you were I, afraid you were going to sweat through it yes you were just, you were sweating I through was, it i was you sweating. had sweated I, through it
3: i am not ashamed to admit that yes i sweat through my
2: shirt and it's sort of and you'll know by the way that i'm wearing something black which is, is a because i'm not all that interesting but also because on a day like today i mean i know what he's going to be This high, I didn't know it was going to be 100 degrees in the studio, which it is because our our AC has apparently been down all weekend. But, um, so the whole it's like a preheated oven, basically. So I was, uh, but I was just wearing this black uh, shirt and it worked out nicely because now no matter how much I sweat, uh, you know, it's not really going to show. So Sarah had this pale blue shirt on and she was starting to sweat through it. She's like, you know, it's bad enough that I feel terrible. I don't want to be walking around like I, you know, like a hillbilly just having to sweat it through my crap. So, Greg opened the KUFO uh, prize closet because he has a key to that. So we store some stuff in there, so he opened the prize closet. Then, thinking, you know, there's some KUFO shirts, or there's like a station T-shirt. Sarah is now wearing. I would say that's at least a double X. It's a double XL. <laughs> a double XL Molson Canadian shirt, which is a uh, red on white, which is awesome. All right. uh, it, wow! This countertop's hot to the touch.
3: You have to come and touch the board. I burned my finger on it. Hold on, let me reach around. And,
2: wow, that's hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that control board that you use is not only metal. And everything in the room, because again, the room is, is 100 degrees, but also that puts off its own heat because it's electronic, it's plugged into the, uh, into the wall, so. Excellent. Coming up uh, later on the day, we'll talk to actress and singer Mila Jovovich. Uh, You know her because you know her from everything. You know her because she was an actress. She's a model. She's in The Fifth Element. She's in uh, one of my favorite Spike Lee films. She's in He Got Game.
3: She was in Head Over Heels with Freddie Prince Jr.
2: She was on Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, She's in the movie A Perfect Getaway with Steve Zahn, and of course, she does the female vocals on that song, "The Mission" by Pussifer, which you know is "What what Do do You know? Know." So uh, that'll be, that's my, uh, that's, my, that's my rendering of the uh, song. Um, so Mila Jovovich coming up later on, and then I, I swear to Christ, Mary uh, Mary Joe Budafuco will be uh, joining us at 7 o'clock. Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian, um, and we'll be giving away a pair of fifth row tickets The Summer of Rock Part Two, which is Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm, the Amphitheater uh, at Clark County, and so forth. At the news desk, your personal <laughs> savior, are you prepared? Oh, yes, I've been sitting here.
0: All right, Tim Riley. <laughs> and show's non-stop coverage of Hotpocalypse 2009 continues. This
4: is Tim Riley. Good morning from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 545 Monday morning. It's going to be about 90 degrees today. Of course, still warmer in the
2: suburbs. Got up to over 100 yesterday on the west side. And that's when uh, when Tim came in today. We were talking about how, uh, you know, the air conditioning's broken now. It's all hot. And I said, oh, you know, it should be easy to fix it now. We're at the end of this heat wave. And apparently that was, I mean, it was warm, uh, like in South Beach. It wasn't 100 degrees, though. You said it was still I mean, yeah, like, way yeah. I was. Mm-hmm. it was over 100 by, by your place. Yes, it was. Jesus.
4: Well, Around State TV confirms it has detained three Americans, and what do you know? They all have North, well, many of them have Northwest connections. One is a student from Seattle, and the other is some guy from Eugene who looks like a hippie, so we shouldn't be surprised. Some
2: guy from Eugene who looks like a hippie. That narrows it down. hmm And uh, let's
4: see, what is his name? His name is... Moonbeam? Stardust. His name is...
2: Rain Ferry. No. Chad. Patel. Bill. His name is Patel. <laughs> Patel? Patel. rab Fatel. Patel! I'm sorry, a little glingary, Glen Ross there. Sorry.
4: So uh, he has family members of California here, and he's also from Eugene. Apparently,
2: because they had nothing better to do with their time, they decided to hike through
4: uh, Pakistan.
2: That was going to be my question, is when you say that there's four Americans who've been detained by Iran, I always just think they're Halliburton guys or something, or they're no. mercenaries. Where well, they were just, I mean... What was their deal? Why were they there? Well, they are moseying around
4: that area of the world and had nothing better to do with their time, so they crossed into the border in Iran, and I guess they were told to get out and not come there, and they continued to do so.
2: Right, so, is, so hold on. Can we get uh, turn Greg uh, Nibbler's uh, microphone on over there? All right, so uh, Greg, so you, uh, Greg, Greg apparently follows all the Stan activities a lot more closely uh, than we do. So they were hiking through Kurdistan, but why? Uh, well, I don't know exactly why, mainly because they're idiots, I would assume, but they, they, were, <laughs> they were hiking through, yes, Kurdistan, which is northern
4: Iraq. But I mean... Is the, it sprawls across southwestern Turkey, northern Iraq, and eastern Iran. So we don't yes. really have
2: any backstory on how it is. they can, Like, I wouldn't even know how to get to Kurdistan. There's there place like... Uh, apparently you can hike in there through southern Turkey. I mean, this is a place nobody would want to go anywhere. They might as well call the whole place
4: Krapistan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kilistan. The... Um, uh, all right. Well, thank you. So the, because it's like when you go to the airport, you'll do that you know—that jazz. If you're standing, you're, you're waiting in line. And there's there's that whole list of countries that they'll show you at the airport that you're not supposed to go to. They were hiking in the mountainous area near the resort town of Emmett, Iowa. It it's sounds like your a, favorite place. sounds like a resort town. It I can't really wait does. to go. is where Dean and Sammy
4: <laughs> used to play. All right. They did not heed the warnings from the Iranian water, border guards. They do not come here. Do not come here. Do not come here. Seriously, You're Yankee dog.
2: And when you don't heed warnings given to you by Iranian border guards, uh, the Pontius Pilate and all of us have washed our hands of you. So uh, that's your own problem, friend. Figure it out yourself. Call call your uh, you know call Western Union. Have them fix it. People are always doing things like that.
4: Well, happy birthday to all you people in Southeast Portland celebrating the Mount Tabor Parks 100th anniversary. Booyah. A group called uh, Friends of Mount Tabor Park helped organize several events recognizing and promoting the park's diversity. Park goers participated in a green vehicle fair. That sounds very boring. How can a park have diversity? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it didn't have enough of it. It's, it's got, like vegetation? it. it's got big lakes of fire in the center of it. <laughs> they had uh, some bird watching walks. And oh uh, a children's parade. That's not my southeast.
2: I reject that. That's uh, that's. I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to talk about something interesting when you talked about a park be- having diversity, and then I realized. I don't know what that means. No, see, that's the thing. And then as soon as you said there was, what did you say? A green parade? A green parade. That's when I realized there was no interest to be found in that uh, in that event at all. You know why? Because there's there's two different southeasts. There's the southeast where Sarah and Greg and I live. And then there's the southeast uh where my in-laws parents live and they're nice people in in their way. Uh and, and they in, mean well. No, I'm just saying it's like they're just they're from a totally different cloth than I am. I mean, there's nothing I'm not trying to you know, there's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying that they walk in a totally different uh they walk through a totally different path of life uh, than I do. My uh my sister-in-law's parents, they live right near Mount Tabor. And it's just like, I mean, it's only like maybe a mile and a half from my place, but it's just a world apart. They're, they're, they're in the neighborhood where there's like peacocks that just walk around. I think i talked about that before. This is, this is peacock for no reason at all. I mean, I don't get, I get you know, I don't get that. I get, um, you know, I get a guy shuffling uh, it, down Birds the street. Birds with no and, legs. You know, it's like, <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. I was just going to say, you know, guy sitting across the street and like scratching his ankles until they bleed for no reason. And then, you know, and then just starting to sing, old McDonald had a farm until he passes out. That's the local color in my neighborhood, Tim. Resistance in the city could put the brakes on an
4: extension of the Cash for Clunkers program. The House voted last week to grant another $2 billion to fund this popular program. It allows rebates as much as $4,500 for drivers who trade in older gas guzzlers. Its funding was running on empty less than a week after it was implemented. At least one Republican senator has expressed opposition to the program. The Senate is due to take up the measure this week. It could pour billions of dollars into the program. Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood tells C-SPAN, "It has been quite a widely recognized program and gave new life to auto dealers, which I guess is true." Hey, by the way, in
2: case you were uh, in case you were wondering, so I was looking at the Google searches this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, I'm I'm always fascinated uh, by what people are looking for so i'm looking through the uh, I'm looking through the Google searches and you ever just see i mean, it's just these random things things that make no sense at all and you wonder why is America searching for these things like what what is it America needs to know about like whatever this is so i'm looking here uh let's see as of uh let's see this is earlier this morning as of uh, uh, let's see fifty two minutes ago the ninth most searched term on Google is the boys from Brazil. Here's why you care about that. The Boys from Brazil is about a group of... It's a movie about a group of scientists who, I swear to God, clone Hitler. They save his brain, not to be confused with the movie They Saved Hitler's Brain. This is a separate film about saving Hitler's brain. The Boys from Brazil, which has uh, uh, some guy. I want to say it's a Steve McQueen, but it's not him. Uh, the Boys from Brazil, but cloning Hitler. Uh, right below that, hey, was Little Wayne shot? It says here, Little Wayne shot, right below the thing about Hitler. Blah, 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 what? Boys from Brazil. By right Hitler? below that, Lil Wayne shot. And then, and then right below that, canker sores. So there you go. America cares about little Wayne canker sores and the cloning of Adolf Hitler. Do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, get out of this damn heat.
4: Uh, Sarah Palin made a weekend public appearance after keeping a low profile since she resigned as Alaska's governor. She gave a speech on gun rights at a banquet in Anchorage. This capped a four-day National Rifle Association seminar hosted by the Alaska Gun Collectors Association. Internet fans have been eagerly awaiting the return of Palin, who was uh, who has been lying low since she resigned after uh, 60 months. With 60 months left at her church. Did she
2: spend a happy weekend with her husband uh, in matrimonial bliss? Tim, hmm. Apparently, they made uh, it says here they made an appearance together at the gun show. At the gun show, of
4: course, of course they
2: did, uh, and he, kissed and made up. So this is, is it, so. I received an email from somebody over the weekend. Yes, I won't say who. His name, mm-hmm. uh, we'll call him shmim Schmiley, and <laughs> i got this email and really? the, yes i swear to god the first sentence was omg look at this palin story it's like all caps and i clicked on it and it was a whole thing about how the palins were busting up and yes. that's what i told you actually yesterday mm-hmm. i was talking to sarah on saturday Sunday, whenever the hell that was saturday. uh and uh and and i said hey by the way the palins are splitting up which we all immediately thought was the best thing we'd ever heard and now it seems that i'm not even gonna say it's not true it just it doesn't seem like it's been confirmed. No, but it says here, according to the Alaska
4: report, Todd Palin and former Alaska governor Sarah Palin are to divorce. Multiple sources in Wasilla and Anchorage, including a former Palin staffer, have confirmed the split. I mean, you got to figure if you're that, in Wasilla. That's an update from yesterday.
2: And getting more than two sources in that town probably, by definition, means you're getting somebody in her family. Because how many people live there? I mean, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a minuscule place. And rumors are always true. I mean, that's the. They may not be true today. May not be true tomorrow. Might be true next week. Rumors are always true.
4: Now, MSNBC reported that Sarah had recently purchased land in Montana, and is considering moving the family there. She's originally from Idaho. Todd Palin told Fox News last week he was heading back to his job at the oil fields of Alaska, but Sarah recently signed a book deal worth eleven million dollars. Jesus,
2: she can barely write. If they if they split up, does he get half of that? He must, though, because she he, she makes more money than he does. Um. Uh, my friend uh, Sneedin, uh, Chris Nether made the observation that he, how do I put this? He thought there might be some truth to the rumor, and because this, when you remember she made that uh, re- the the resignation announcement a couple weeks ago, where she was quitting, she called him back off a fishing boat to be there at her resignation speech, and he noted that that is the, the that weekend. It was the single biggest fishing weekend of the year. I mean, literally, it's the weekend where they make all their money on that one weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, that he thought that it was it was significant. That they were voluntarily cutting in, uh, that she was voluntarily cutting into his his income that way, and that he was going along with it, and that he read something into that. So
4: anyway, that there, being there said. are other rumors, including
2: she pulled out her wedding ring and threw it in the lake. Oh, please. Please for it to be true. Coming up uh, later on this morning, we'll talk to actress Emilia Jovovich of the new movie The Perfect Getaway. Mary Joe Buttafuoco at seven o'clock. Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian at seven twenty. And we're going to be giving away fifth row tickets for the summer of rock at Clark County Fair featuring Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Monday morning.
0: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland.
2: Uh, Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio program. In just moments, we'll talk to our good friend, CNN Radio Correspondent, Steve Kastamom. Later on, actress Mia Jovovich. No, damn it, Mila Jovovich. I'm going to write that up phonetically. Hey, before we uh, pick up the phone here, well, let's just do this. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, Steve Kastamom. Hello, Steve. How are you?
5: Doing well. How are you?
2: um well here's the thing so uh you know we've had a bit of a heat wave here and uh this morning we discovered that the air conditioning went out in the building at some point over the weekend Mm -hmm. so tim called me this morning at like 4 a.m and he's like by the way uh do you have a fan you could bring with you and i said why is that because the air conditioning's been out a weekend it's a little warm here steve i would like for you to now guess and by the way it's a new number the number has gone up i have a uh, thermometer here Steve, what would you estimate the temperature to be right here in the Rick Emerson Show Studios at KUFO?
5: Well, considering that uh, you've had a heat wave, I would guess 107.
2: Well, see, now why you got to do that. Now you got to overestimate, make me look All like right. a chump. It's 103. Really? It is, the serious? last time we checked, a- as we went into the break, it was 100. It is now 103.3 degrees, uh, according to this uh, EnviroStation digi-sensor uh, that I have here on my hand.
5: 103.3. At what point does the equipment start to fail? Uh, yeah, so the board is, like,
2: scalping hot right now. If you mean my brain, uh, later, if you mean Tim's voice, now, nah, if you mean uh, Sarah's ability not to sweat through her clothing about an hour ago. If you mean the actual equipment, I don't know, it'll keep running after we're dead, probably. Oh, by I mean, by the, the, the one way, one you, know, you know what you were just now? You were my mother uh, who grew up in Death Valley and therefore would never allow me to bitch about the weather in my desert hometown. Uh-huh. It'd be like 105. I'd be like, you don't know, heat. I grew up in Death Valley. Quit your belly aching.
5: Well, it's always fun, though, when the air conditioner goes out in a radio station, because you usually have, like, one or two of those racks in the air studio that have all the equipment uh, in them, and... Little fans in the back, and it's spewing out all that hot air. And yes. It makes it worse.
2: Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can figure out a station somewhere that might uh, resemble what you're describing. Oh, yes. The, uh, we've got the rack here, and then we've got the actual rack room in the center of the station, which is sort of like this.
3: Yeah, and you can, uh, I, if anyone should complain, it should be me. I'm the one surrounded by all of this equipment right now.
2: Why can't we all complain, Sarah? It's Why has it got to be just one here. person?
3: Because I just burned my finger on the board, what? and I'm sweating.
2: <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right then. Uh, well, on that uh, subject, so let me ask you about these. Uh, let me ask you about these. One second. Grab this sheet. So I, uh, so I, I make sure that I get this, this correct. Let me ask you about these four American friends and quote seasoned travelers who were hiking through Iraq's Kurdistan region. So they, they so they're there. They're hiking. They get detained by. Um, they get detained by um, Iran. They're and they're they're where now? And why were they there to
5: begin with? Do you know, uh, are you familiar with Cottage Grove, south of Eugene? Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, some of these hikers are from there. Uh, they were hiking in northwest Iraq, in an area that's uh, mostly uh, populated by the Kurds, and it's relatively stable compared to the rest of the country. And this area that they were in, Ahmed Awah, Awah is, for locals, kind of a touristy area in the mountains. But their hotel owner... Warned them several times, apparently not to go too far in on this trail, that they're near the Iranian border and it is not marked. Well, they went hiking anyway, and apparently these guys are uh, seasoned travelers and they, they do this sort of thing. They go to places that are definitely off the beaten path. And when they when they got over the border, not maybe maybe not realizing they were over the border, they were surrounded by Iranian soldiers. And one of them uh, used her cell phone to call the fourth friend who remained behind to tell them that they were in trouble, and and that was the last uh, they heard from the the three. You know,
2: I always, uh, whenever anybody here goes hiking, or to, you know, my wife is much more of an outdoor person than I am, she was actually camping this weekend, and there was something where she was having to, like, she was having to, she, and she tells me about all this stuff after the fact, because she knows I don't want to know beforehand, because I would just sit and worry about her. So she told me when she got home that they, they were crossing some river here uh, in Oregon, where they had to, like, climb across a series of slippery boulders or something. And, you know, to get to the other side, and they had to do it again later. And that is, you know, it's not like she's white, you know, like she's whitewater rafting or something. It freaks me out anyway. And I always tell her when she leaves, I'm like, if you get off the path, if you ignore a sign, if you disregard some warning, like, you you, you forfeit any sympathy I might have for you. And that this is like going off the path in the most extreme fashion, right? When a guy, when the, 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 an Iranian guard actually says, not such a good idea to be here, and then you kind of do it anyway.
5: Yeah, it, it's really uh, puzzling, and because the U.S. doesn't have diplomatic relations with Iran, they have to go through a third party. And the Swiss embassy has been trying to get a meeting with these three just to see how they're doing to make sure they're okay. We have no word whether that request has been granted, and this is the, this is the last thing Iran wants right now. You know, to have three Americans uh, on its uh, on its soil that uh, entered the country, according to them, illegally. And uh, in the middle of all of the turmoil that's going on in Iran right now, and, and now they've got these three Americans that they've, they've got to deal with, and it's not it's not it's not exactly what they wanted right now. It's
2: a busy day all the way around. All right then, on my on that uh, note, my friend, we uh, thank you so much. Have a uh, have a fantastic day, and uh, we will talk to you in the immediate future. Thank you, sir.
5: Just really quick, uh, no. I've been planning some restaurants for your visit here in New York.
2: That's this right. Uh, so Sarah and awesome. uh, Greg and I are all going to be in New York at the same time. Oh, by the way, you should know. Just I'm glad you I'm glad you actually held on for a second. We're going to be speaking with uh, the one and only Mary Jo Buttafuoco uh, uh, later on this hour. But, you know, you obviously lifelong New Yorker, somebody who followed that story from the very beginning and uh, who knows uh, the ins and outs of that. What should we be asking her?
5: Oh, geez. Um, I I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, there's so much that's that's been said about her already, and I actually covered her for so long. Uh, I, I really couldn't just pull one question out of a hat for her. There's just so much, I'm sure... There are many of the same questions that immediately come to mind when you think about Mary Jo, but I
2: want to ask if she beeps when she goes through metal detectors in airports. Because she's yeah. got that bullet in her head.
5: Mm, yeah. See,
2: there you go. I, aren't you curious about that?
5: I, that's not the first question that would have been... I don't
6: know.
2: That's that is exactly the first question that, uh, that went through my, my mind. No pun intended. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. All right. See you. There you go. I, well, look. I'm just being honest. That's the first thing I thought of because the the thing you always see in those stories about Mary Jo Botafugo is how she's still got the bullet in her head. It's still there Hmm. Uh, because they weren't, you know, so close to her brain or whatever that they weren't able to or whatever. Like there's a whole lot there. It was so close to her feet. Uh, It was so close to her brain. They couldn't get it out without risking further injury. So they just left it there. Uh, And so I want to know if it beeps when she goes through metal detectors. And you know what? You know that I go out of my way to, you know, I, in other words, I do not deliberately try to make guests uncomfortable. And I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to well, be. she
3: wrote, the title of her book is something ridiculous. Getting it
2: through my thick skull is yeah. the name of her autobiography. And I, you know, and so I don't want to, you know, I don't, I try not to be you know, some jackass DJ that's just going to badger people until they hang up. Mm. But that, I might actually ask that, even risking, even knowing that she might be uh, irritated by that question, because I really honestly want to know. That's just a thing. It's, so she's,
3: so she's not together with Joey Buttafuoco anymore.
2: No, see, that's the thing is, I guess. But,
3: but Amy Fisher's with him?
2: No, no, no. See, she's with some other guy and they made a porn tape. Also, everybody involved has made a porn but tape. for jo- some reason,
3: I thought Joey Buttafuoco and Amy Fisher were getting back together and made, making a reality show.
2: No. Well, see, now I don't even know. But I know that the, I know that after Amy Fisher shot her in the face, which you think would be like a tip-off, Mary Jo stayed with Joey Buttafuoco for eight more years because, and this is her quote, because, quote, I believed him when he said he had nothing to do with it. So oh, wow. even though, even though Annie Fisher showed up wearing a shirt from, from her, his auto body place.
3: You should ask her uh, what her favorite uh, like actor was who played her in a made-for-TV movie. Oh, hey,
2: him. let's not forget that. That's yeah. a good question. All right, in any event. well, All right. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Monday morning? A boater drowns near Hayden Island.
4: The foot fetish fugitive strikes again. Michael Jackson's cook said she once caught him... Staring at her posterior all right then
2: it is the rick emerson radio program we are live from beautiful downtown portland oregon coming up later on this hour address mila jovovich later on seven o'clock mary joe buttafuco 720 christy turnquist from the oregonian and uh, before the end of the show a pair of tickets to gallagher stay there we're live from beautiful downtown portland
1: this is the rick emerson show on rock 101 kufo The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101, Hey UFO.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Monday morning. It is now... Do we have a, uh, some sound for whenever the heat goes up? Let's see. Hold on. Let's see if I can find a uh, I don't think that sound would be stopping. I'm trying to see if I have a, like an alarm or something. Well, we have that. Do I have something that's more of the than we used to didn't we have like a googa kind of a thing? Uh like a, a klaxon of some kind? I'm oh, wait, Hold Gauga? on. A What do we do? No, no. Oh, no, I've got the I were a morning show. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's not let's not use that klaxon. Anyway. no. Is, yeah.
3: Why did you ever do that?
2: What do you think? The t- it is now 100. I think 100- we should do the Florida watch. All right. Because it's sort of an honorary Florida thing? Yes,
3: because it's all like buggy. All right. uh,
2: so that will signify when the temperature's gone up. It is now uh, 625 a.m. Rock 101 K UFO. It is 103.8 degrees uh, here in the studio. So there you go. Oh, going up incrementally. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: And show's non-stop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: You're at morning everyone from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It's only gonna be 90 degrees today. We'd be better off
2: sitting outside. <laughs> I was just gonna say. That's... Can we please?
3: <laughs> please. Uh, <it's> fantastic.
2: <laughs> by the way, we've got to, uh, this just arrived via
3: Oh god, I just burned my finger
2: again. Uh, this arrived via by touching something in the studio. Yeah. This arrived via uh, Twitter. Hey, listening to the show, it's currently 70 degrees and pleasantly rainy here in Missouri. Downside? I'm in Missouri. (laughs) That is the downside, isn't it? Here's Tim Riley. The foot fetish
4: fugitive strikes again. This happened at the same store where he allegedly did the same thing several weeks ago. Well, the reports came in from Medford where a man approached a woman claiming to be shopping for shoes with his wife he held out a pair of uh, women's shoes and asked his female victim to try them on. I'm, I'm shopping for some shoes with my penis. Then he would attempt to funnel and lick their feet and legs. Uh. Well, it's believed to be the same Clackamas foot fetish fugitive from the Target store who did the same thing. The woman reported that the man approached three women, ended up licking their feet and thighs. I
3: with their thighs? Yes. See, what could I'd I never try on shoes for some random person. I, I guess he worked his way up.
2: Do you mean from stock shoes? boy all the way How <laughs> do you let some stranger get close enough to you to lick your thighs? That's, I that's what I was just going to say. When you say he worked his way up, I, I have no idea what you mean, but there's like a hundred different things you could mean by that, all of them accurate. Because, right, is that the thing we're like, hold on, would you would, would madame care to try on this pump? And then the next thing you know, he's like licking your knee or something, and licking then eyes. and then up. It makes it easier to put the shoes on. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I need to uh, put these on from behind. There's a, It's leverage, ma'am. It's gravity. I'm sorry, you can't fight it.
4: Well, yesterday, three women shopping at the same Clackamas Target store were approached by someone who looked like the foot fetish fugitive. When he asked one of them to try on some shoes, the woman recognized her saying she knew who he was. Uh, then they, uh, oh, he chased them through the storm. <laughs> I shoes!
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're very slimming!
4: <laughs> Do it! The woman, of course, called the police. And by the time the now The Buster arrived, Browns
2: guy is really aggressive today.
4: The foot fetish fugitive again made a getaway. Mm, yeah, no. oh, wow. Watch out, ladies, he's out there. No. Well, a man has been critically injured after he stuck his head on the balcony while jumping from a three-story high perch on Lake Washington. (laughs) Well done. The man who was in his 20s climbed out and jumped over a third-floor balcony aiming for the lake below. However, he did not know that the second-floor balcony (laughs) extended a little bit further than his own. Fail. Wow. From the Hey, Look at This file. All we heard was a body splash and some people yelling and screaming.
2: <laughs> <A> body splash? <laughs> I think splash might be overstanding <laughs> in a bit. We saw
4: the body floating, so we jumped in and pulled him out. That's the only thing we could do.
2: Is it like he's like that guy in Titanic who falls down and then hits the smokestack on the way oh, to the ocean? Yeah. Like a triple Lindy, sort of a mm-hmm. boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong? The average—that's my impression of how it sounded. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> but it totally. But it yes. D- but I took it seriously. <laughs> but the, 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 you, no, you I imagine that that guy that's... every
3: time you hear that that giant boom as he hits the thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sort of like he's playing plinko. <laughs> the average guy
4: spends 43 minutes a day ogling 10 different women. That adds up to 259 hours, almost 11 days each year—a total of 11 months and 11 days between the ages of 18 and 50. Researchers uh, found that men aren't the only ones admiring the opposite sex, as women sneak a peek at six fellas for over 20 minutes a day. That's almost six months admiring men from afar between the ages of 18 and
2: 50. Uh, that's too early for math. Wait a minute. <laughs> if, okay, if John Ogles, how many women for how many minutes a day? Okay, uh, ten different women,
4: 43 minutes a day. Okay, so that's, that's a lot of ogling. That's 259 hours, almost 11
2: days uh, each year. That's 4.3 minutes per woman. Okay, and then the women are ogling, or ogling, how
3: Is much? It ogling or ogling? I
2: think it's ogling. Ogling. There's only one G.
4: Uh, let's see, six fellas for just over 20 minutes a day. So that's 3.3...
2: Well, that's interesting. So women not only ogle fewer men, but actually each man is ogled for a smaller period of time,
6: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for a full minute less, for a 25% less time than men ogle. Mm-hmm. That's I like interesting. I to get
3: a good ogling in every day.
2: I guess. I mean, maybe just maybe uh, women are just smarter and they can do all the assessing a lot faster. and it takes.
3: Oh, women can make up their minds pretty quickly whether or not they're attracted to somebody. See,
2: that's true. And it, here's the thing about guys. Guys though can ogle long enough that even if you're not attractive we'll find something about you uh, that we can like for at least a few minutes. I mean, find some aspect of you that's uh, that's tolerable for, you know, just like a short period of time. That's sweet. Well, it's, you know, we're we're non-judgmental, Sarah. We believe there's something to love about everyone. That's true. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> What's going Nothing. On? I'm just standing here.
3: I'm just oh. sweating.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here sweating too. Well, on that note, let's uh, <laughs> let, let, let's uh, do this. Uh, don't forget, coming up at six forty. Coming up at uh, six forty is just about ten minutes from now. On the side? We're going to be talking to actress Mila Yovovich. She's the star of the new movie, The Perfect Getaway, with she's Steve. Probably not sweating. Uh, Zon, uh No, she's not sweating, Tim. She but, doesn't. Wait, no, no, no. Wait. Do we have morning show. Uh, uh, sound ready? Yes. All right. Tim, you know, if you know anything about that uh, that Mila uh, Jovovich, you know, we're going to be uh, talking to her later on uh, this hour about the 6.40. You know, uh, she's not sweating, Tim, <laughs> but she is uh, smoking. <laughs> Wait, now how about this? How about this? How about, she's not sweating, but uh, you make no mistake, she is hot.
3: Seriously, you're disappointing everybody. Hot.
2: <laughs> but you do better. I'm working under extreme circumstances. It's 103.8 in here. All right. Actress Mila Jovovich next. Mary Jo Badafouco at 7. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian at 7.20. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. This
0: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO Portland. Live from beautiful downtown
2: Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. By the way, for those who are playing the home game, uh, it is now... 104.4 104.4 degrees in the studio. I there think
4: the wheels on my chair have melted.
2: <laughs> and
3: here's the thing. The board is getting hotter, too.
2: And every time we go into a break, we'll leave the studio and we'll walk back to our office where the air conditioning actually has worked all weekend, not like, you know, in here. And it's so cool there. And you wonder if you're slowly doing something terrible to your brain by walk by being in here and then walking back into the, you know, the frigid air of our office and then walking back in here. And you wonder if your, if your cells are at some point, if you, like your cellular wall is just going to sort of dissolve and your uh, you know, just everything is going to be, everything's just going to go bad. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO 503 228 Her new movie is called The Perfect Getaway, co-starring Steve Zahn. It opens everywhere this Friday. Let's welcome now uh, to the Rick Emerson Show uh, the one and only uh, actress, singer, and uh, raconteur extraordinaire uh, Mila Jovovich. Hello. How are you today?
7: I'm good. Thank you so much for such an amazing intro.
2: Well, it's uh, it's what I do. It's my only my only real skill.
7: Um, <laughs> well, you've got a great voice.
2: Well, thank you. I pre- you know it really I can't even take it any credit for it. It's...
7: Thing, though, is it something that like you realized at a young age that you've got radio voice.
2: Saying you have radio voice is almost like saying you have conditioned skin or whatever that commercial was. Do you have (laughs) radio voice?
7: Yes, watch out. Ask your doctor if you could take this medication. You might get radio voice. Uh,
2: Uh, My mom actually, uh, my mom has said that from a very young age, I demonstrated that I had no other appreciable skills except to speak uh, loud and at length about things of almost no interest to anyone.
7: Obviously, you've got great pronunciation.
2: Well, again, long hours spent alone reading a dictionary, so... (laughs) I would like to take credit for it, but it's like 105 degrees in the studio because we have no air conditioning, and I I think that it's not so much radio voice as it is like guy in a sauna whose vocal cords have expanded voice, but...
7: Wow, that's crazy. Your your air conditioning broke?
2: It went out. Well, I don't know where you, I don't know if you're in LA or where you are right now, but it's um I say sounding as though I'm going to stalk you. But it's been uh over 100 degrees for several days in a row now, which is usually all well and good because we have that what do you call it? Cooling system. And then over the weekend <laughs> that went out, which we discovered this morning we walked in here and immediately suffered second-degree burns. Well, that's so
7: that's
2: not good. It's I'm a whole so lot. Of, it's a whole lot of good. Um <laughs> I you, you're in this movie, A Perfect Getaway, with Steve Zahn, and I've seen the trailer for this. And you've done that thing of never being caught in one kind of a role, where you've done everything from you've done sci-fi and you've done character dramas, you've done action. You're in one of my very favorite Spike Lee films, which is He Got Game.
7: Ah, oh, thank you.
2: Absolutely, it was. You don't you don't let yourself get sort of hemmed in. What is it about uh, the Perfect Getaway and your character that that spoke to you? What is it made you want to do the movie?
7: Because um, a lot of people definitely, you know, ask me like, you know, how I feel about being sort of stereotyped as the action person, and you know, it's 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 funny that you're saying the opposite in a sense because I do have a pretty large body of work um, that people don't see because they're smaller films and independent and all that. Um, but you know, that's what I loved about *A Perfect Getaway*. Was again, it, it gave me a chance to to have some versatility in in my acting career, and I actually got to be like myself, like just a nice, normal girl, you know, for for most of the movie. And, and you know, it's an exciting film, and Steve and I play um, a young couple on their honeymoon, and we take this trek through this remote. Uh, part of Hawaii, and there's these killers on the loose, and we end up meeting all these different people that could potentially be the killers, and so it gets kind of, like, creepy and crazy, and everything kind of goes wrong in the end, but, um, you know, for most of the movie, I just got to be, like, just normal, which was... Which was different for me because you know a lot of times I play like either the action thing or some dark kind of subterranean character or some really strong iconic female. So it was nice to just be just be me and normal and nice and cool.
2: Did you want to just make a movie really where you could just go sit on a beach somewhere? Was that it? Where you just I'm tired of working in sewers. I want someplace it? with you sand. You know
7: that didn't hurt at all. But uh, I've uh, I've definitely shot in um, most of the time you you don't end up shooting in such glamorous locations as Puerto Rico was, I mean, it was really a blast, and I I was a a new mom at the time. I mean, I still am, but my daughter was four months old, so it was really sweet to be able to, like, take her down to the ocean and and put her in the water and stuff. So, I, you know, in that sense, we're very lucky to shoot in such a beautiful location.
2: We're talking to actress Emilia Jovovich. You're, you mentioned having a body of work. You've got uh, a lot of music that you do as well. Just You, you have a full-length album that came out, uh, The Divine Comedy, uh, some time ago, and you do individual tracks, and you continue to put those out. And you do... Stuff with other people as well. You have the vocals on a song that we actually play a lot here, which is a song called The Mission oh, by Pussyfer. So
7: great, yeah. My friend Maynard and I wrote this song together and um it's gonna go on the new uh on his new record, uh, which is uh, another side project he's doing called Pussifer. And um so that's really fun and and we collaborate a lot on stuff and you know, I had a record out like probably, I mean I got it a long time ago, I was like eighteen, so um, you know, it was over ten years ago. And um you know, since then it, it, it's been it's been kind of hard, sort of doing the whole juggling thing. Um, but I've always like recorded music that I've put out on my website that people can download, just like demos and things. And then, you know, on the more professional level, I have a lot of friends that are amazing musicians and producers and stuff. So if they ever need me to come in and do something for like a soundtrack or this or that, I'm always available. But it's been great working with Maynard because uh, he's just such an amazing writer and singer, and we have a lot of fun working together.
2: Performed some
7: shows actually. We played at the Nokia Theater uh, two months ago, and in Vegas at the Palm.
2: And that song, I, you did you did a live performance of that of that song, I think, which is interesting because it's it doesn't it doesn't quite sound like anything else. And, and in fact, I think I speak for everybody here uh, when we play that song, we play the mission. Every time we play it, the phones light up and in fact we it's gotten to the point where I don't even have to read the rest of an email. I'll get an email that says, What is the name of that song? And I can immediately respond and go, It's the mission by Pussifer oh, because it, that's it stands so great.
7: out. Great. Oh, Maynard's gonna love to hear that. Uh, that's that's really awesome. You
2: should uh, you should tell him about my warm, crisp radio voice as well, Mila.
7: <laughs> well you gotta get him on the show, man. He's such a cool guy. He's got the most amazing 13-year-old son who plays, like, 12 different instruments. His name is Devo.
2: I have to ask, just as we sort of wrap this up here, you've got such a huge, there's no other word for it, a huge geek following. I mean, geeks love you. They just just love you like nobody's business. So, on behalf of all my geekish and nerd-like brethren, is there going to be a Resident Evil 4?
7: There sure is. Not only is there going to be one, we start filming in September. Awesome. It's called Resident Evil Afterlife, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to be in 3D. And um, it's just going to be wild. I mean, it'll definitely be the best one yet.
2: Excellent. The new movie is called The Perfect Getaway, co-starring Steve Zahn. It opens everywhere this Friday. Mila Jovovich, Jovovich went all the way through it, and I pronounced it correctly. Um,
7: Jovovich, Jovovich. Ah, Whatever, right. like, blows your skirt up. Excellent.
2: Uh, <laughs> on that note, thank you so much, Vigor. It's been a great interview. Thank you for spending some time with us. Best of continued success in everything. We appreciate Thanks
7: it. Thanks so much, man. Talk to you soon. All
2: right. You have a great day. There you go. That is... Uh... Amelia right, she's right in love there with your on the uh, waiting for so
3: mm-hmm. Hey, we're gonna play that particular song right Are we? now. Yes.
2: All right, boy. So uh, can I just tell you that we've got, uh, got a break
3: to be on time for Mary Joe Batafucco. All right, <laughs> right, but
2: can I just can I just tell you uh, how much uh, young Greg Nibbler is in the LUV?
3: With, uh, he is. Greg he was Ovovich. creepy. He's like, oh my God, she even sounds hot on the phone. Tell her
0: she's hot. <laughs>
2: all right, tell her all sweaty and manly here. Uh, coming up at seven o'clock, Mary Joe Batafucco. Sometimes I can't believe the things that come out of my mouth. That was <laughs> Milivojevic. Coming up next, Mary Jo Buttufo.
6: Or I can't believe this.
2: Hey, it's one hundred and four point six here in the uh, Rick Emerson studios. It can only get warmer. Rock one hundred and one KUFO live from Portland. You stay right there,
1: Rick Emerson Show on Rock one hundred
0: and one KUFO. KUFO Portland. <laughs>
2: I totally forgot that uh, she was in Return to the Blue Lagoon, not Mary Jo Batifuco. uh Miliovovich, who just told me I had a nice voice, by the way, in case you missed that. Um, I'm looking at this uh, photograph here of her, and we'll have that uh, that interview up, uh, be up as uh, part of the podcast here in just a, uh, just a short while. But she really just she is just such an astoundingly beautiful woman, and we were just talking about this during the break. That she is what people mean when they talk to- because people will say, "Well, she's really exotic looking." About some woman who always just like he seems looks like a toad. Uh, exotic usually is code for kind of weird, whereas here, exotic code for hot is what that is. All right, it's Rock One Hundred One K UFO. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is currently. 104.5 degrees. Okay. So the good news is we are no longer going up in full uh, degree increments. We are now going up in increments of tenth of a degree. What
3: was the last time we did?
2: 104.4. Uh, so it is, uh, and just FYI, this is, you were not listening to some sort of a, the, the rerun or a best of. It is 7.02 a.m. Uh, it is Monday, uh, August 3rd, 2009, and the air conditioner apparently went out at some point during the weekend. So we came in here this morning. I opened the door to come in. <laughs> Well, I'm the
4: first person who's been in the building for quite some time, and then there's this big whoosh, like they, they just tested uh, another nuclear bomb. Is it it in was the like desert.
2: It, it was like it just the heat just sort of came pouring out of the, uh, the, the the heat just sort of came pouring out of the building. All yes, right, Excellent. And then as I walked further into the studio, it became even much hotter than the hallway. Yeah, uh, it just improbably. Sarah, is this we have at or until? At, okay, so at, this is at, so, so it's good. a couple minutes away. We're a couple minutes away from Mary Joe Botafuco.
3: So should we talk about what we did this weekend?
2: Uh, I'm just, uh, well, I was going to say, you talk about whatever. I have to walk to the fridge and uh, to get myself uh, the rest of my visa while I we're I was camping in my backyard. Really? Yeah. Oh, is it because of the heat?
3: Because of the heat, so I pitched a huge tent in my backyard and slept out there. <laughs> Excellent. It was kind of awesome. You know, like living in Southeast, maybe not the safest thing to do, but... Oh, well, who cares?
2: All right, let's do th- It's no less safe than the woods. Well, I mean, really, that's I mean, southeast Portland or some place on a mountain where you're going to be, uh, you know, mauled to death by a, uh, you know, by a large fanged creature. It really is a it's six of one at that point. So I just just to back up for one second. So Tim, you got here at, what like three? Yes. You step out of the car. You open, open the, the back door. door. Now, see when you open the back door of the building, though, you probably didn't note that it was uh, that it was so hot, right? No, because it
4: was. Uh, reasonable outside. It, it was, you know, it, it's a little bit cooler when I come in. Than it's just when you get into the studio area of the building. It was like, well, I noticed it when I was walking down the hallway when, I, because we have several barred doors here. Yeah, only certain people are allowed to well, enter.
2: So all the better to insulate us, Tim. I know. So that we can, so we can control that climate ever more carefully. So I opened the door to the hallway to the studio complex, and whoosh! Excellent. It's like, oh. Uh, well, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: The Rick Emerson Show's nonstop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
2: Good
4: morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 7.04. It's only going to be 90 degrees today, at least in Portland. Probably not in the suburbs where it remains very hot. You know, this seems to be a cruel thing in the first place. A horse... Pulling a just married carriage with two people died after it fell and broke its leg Saturday night downtown. Ah. now why on earth did they allow this horse in this hot weather to be pulling somebody around downtown? Is beyond me. And in 2009, who's being
2: pulled around downtown Portland? Uh, it, they thought it was novel. People. Seriously, no, 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 because nobody's ever done that before. let you know, would you please, uh, would you, would you please take me by the house of Louis downtown, drawn mm-hmm. by a horse? That would be ever so splendid, Reginald.
4: So this happened at Southwest Eleventh Avenue and Yamhill, and the horse fell.
2: It's only a million degrees outside. So Southwest Eleven and Yamhill. I'm trying to imagine. Do you remember what that's even like? I mean, that's sort of of like by Powell's, kind of. No, no, it's 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 further up. I guess. I guess Powell's on Burnside. So I mean, would you please? Will you please put me in the back of a, a back of a hayfield wagon and drag me by Tim Riley's dentist, pulled by a horse? Fantastic. Thank you. It's splendid. Let me just say this: I'm going. We're talking about it. we're going to be in New York uh, next week. You know, I'm in New York. I don't even do the the carriage ride around Central Park. Uh, you know why? No,
3: that's not what my legs are for. It's ridiculous! Yeah,
2: it's ridiculous. Oh, and also, I'm going to be
3: doing a bike ride though around Manhattan, like I did last year. Really? Yeah. No, uh, do you
2: rent a bike? Is that the deal?
3: No, I can use my sister's because she lives with her boyfriend. So um, Michael's a huge bike rider. So last year, yeah, we went from Brooklyn all the way down to like Battery Park, went all the way up to the East Side, went through Central Park, went through Queens, and then went back to his house. It was like a ten-hour. Bike riding scary oh, and awesome.
2: I just, I, you know, look, I know that we're talking a lot about the
3: heat because it's 104.6
2: uh, here in the uh, in the studio. Again? Yes, it did, sir. <laughs> I'm giving you constant. Look, don't tell me I don't do time and temperature. It's 7.06 in the morning. It's 104.6 degrees here in the studios of Rock 101 KUFO. We're going to go to New York. And it's like that thing. Every time I picture myself going to New York next week. It's like I'm just living out that do-the-right-thing, uh, or, or perhaps kids, by Larry Clark, where it's the hottest day of the year, and then it ends with me having to throw a trash can through a window somewhere. Hey, do you see this thing about uh, Ryan O'Neill hitting on—it uh, says Ryan O'Neill hits on daughter at funeral? Yeah, it's from Vanity Fair. <laughs> do we have—do you have that story, by chance? I don't have it now, but we're
4: going to do it later.
2: Excellent, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
4: So, uh, with all this cruelty to animals uh, at uh, that were— th- I'm having a terrible time putting a whole sentence of thoughts together this morning. I can't imagine why that would be so. And I feel like... There, there's somebody rapping on the inside of my skull with a sledgehammer. Um, <laughs> Bob Barker wants you to boycott the circus. I think Richard
0: Speck said that. Uh-huh. Animal exploitation comes in all sorts of ugly forms. In zoos, not only are they confined to the zoo, wherever it is set up, when it moves on, of course, they have to travel. And the travel is terrible. I would like to have every person in the United States turn their back. them
2: can you just see Bob Barker being some sort of a supervillain in a film? And I don't mean yes. like in the—I don't mean like in the Happy Gilmore way. Mm-hmm. I mean I can see Bob Barker actually being some kind of, you know, one of those like Blofeld, uh, James Bond villains. Except he, except he's doing—you know—he's like, uh, but he's avenging animal rights or something. And he says, "No, no, no, Mister Bond, I expect you to provide decent accommodations for these circus elephants." All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, Coming up uh, later on this morning at 720, we'll touch Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll also be giving you a chance to uh, win a pair of uh, fifth-row seats. This the uh, sustained shine down Chevelle, and Hailstorm of the Amphitheater at Clark County, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Her new book is called Getting It Through My Thick Skull, Why I Stayed, What I Learned, and What Millions of People Involved With Sociopaths need to know. Let's welcome now to The Rick Emerson Show, Mary Jo. And you'll have to forgive me on this. I hear about 15 different pronunciations of your last name, Mary Jo. What is the actual according to Hoyle pronunciation?
6: (laughs) Good morning, Rick. Thank you for asking, because you're right, it gets kind of chewed up. Uh, It's pronounced but a Fuco.
2: Yuko as in quite a few. All right. Um, first question out of the gate you are know, you're, you're uh, you know married for a long time uh, you know until 2003 this to uh, you know Joy but who you're describing in this book as you know having the traits of a sociopath. You think at some point you just you, you just ditch that name like every time you looked at the driver's license you go
5: oh god that's right I was with well, that guy. Well I'll tell you a little secret I did ditch that name years ago. Uh, and I do go by my maiden name now, but
6: I figured for the sake of uh, the name recognition, nobody wanted to buy a book by Mary of Smith, so I kind of used the name for just that recognition purposes. But I, I did when I got divorced. I went back to my maiden name.
2: Fair enough. And you probably don't want the guy at the Ralph's, uh, you know, like looking down at your, you know, your your supermarket club card and going, <laughs> "All right, Mrs. B- oh, hey, oh, I know who you are."
6: <laughs> I got that. So I was like, you know what? This has got to end. So yes, I'm I'm kind of anonymous in my, like you said, in Ralph's. I can go about
2: my business. <laughs> so you, you got the book where you talk and everybody, of course, you know, You it, it's like in America when you're born, they give you a couple of things. As, uh, as Mike Myers said, they give you a copy of Frampton Comes Alive and then they give you a primer about all the things you need to know about American pop culture and stories of the last 20 years. So everybody knows the backstory, uh, you and Joe and Amy Fisher right. and all that. But after it all happens... Uh, you know, you're still with the guy for what, like eight, eight years, seven, eight years, something like that.
6: All right. Did you get the name of my book? I have a thick skull. It takes me some time to get these things in my
2: head. What was the? Was there a final? Because it was, it was not just the incident, the shooting. There was also, I mean, he busted for a whole bunch of things. What's the final straw? When did you wake up and go,
0: this isn't working out so
2: well?
6: Well. I mean, when I got shot, and actually, I don't, I don't want to justify anything because I did what I did when I did it, and what am I going to do? But, I, you know, I was almost murdered. I'd never heard or seen this girl in my life before. I knew nothing about her. Joey swore to me up, down and sideways, that all she was was a customer, and she was out of her mind, and uh, she was crazy. And he convinced me, and he convinced our families, and he convinced all of our friends for many years. Uh, but as far as when did I, I the reasons I stayed right I stayed because I was too sick at the time. I went through a lot of surgeries. I was in agony for years. I had two little kids that were so traumatized by this that mommy almost died in their house. And to to divorce Joe or leave him, I I just couldn't do that to them. I'm also a product of the great 50s and 60s Roman-Irish Catholic martyrdom syndrome, where you stay no matter what. And the fact that I was married to a very, very good sociopath who would look me right in the eye for years and swear on the lives of our children that he had nothing to do with her. So as the years went by, him and I split up in uh, late 1999, quietly. I didn't make a big fuss about it. All those reasons ended. I had gotten healthy, healthier. The kids had grown up. I started to see the light. And we didn't get divorced till two thousand and three, but we were separated in in January two thousand.
2: So, so you were married uh, the joy for a long time after this. You think he's a sociopath? Is uh, he's a sociopath? What's what's Amy Fisher? <sighs>
6: Yeah, it's different. She's not... The, the traits of a sociopath, they're very charismatic. They're very uh, manipulative. They they can make you believe that black is white, and white is black, and, you know, even though you think to yourself, no, it's not. They, they convince you that it is. What is Amy Fisher? I, I don't know. Uh, she's a sad, sad person who just never got help. I think she has a lot of anger issues. I think she's been abused by her father as a child. I mean, I know that. I know that because her mother told me that. And she's never gotten help, and Now she seems to be this self-loathing person who feels the the best she can do is be a a pole dancer and a porn star.
2: Well, she's got, and I think, I mean, Amy and uh, Joey, obviously different movies, I think they both got uh, porn films out. And, I mean, I know the answer to this, but if I had gone back to, uh, you know, the day before you get shot and I say, uh, hey, I wave the crystal ball and I say, "This, this this is your life, look into the future. I mean, there's probably no way you ever, ever would have fathomed this happening. And what's even stranger is, I've heard from that you, when Amy Fisher was in jail, you actually went. You were like lobbied on on her behalf. That you were sort of advocating for her, which seems, you'll forgive the the, the phrase, crazy.
6: Uh, well, in the beginning you're right. I mean, if I thought, I mean, I don't know if you read the back of the book. I, I I read there's a picture of me with the bullet hole in my head laying in the hospital where I'm saying I think about that everyone's like, "Wait, well, I just wanted this normal quiet life. And if you had told me then that I'd be doing this now, I I just said you're all out of your mind." Um, what was the second question I'm Well, I'm sorry. The,
2: you so that <laughs> after Amy Fisher does this and, you know, she's oh, yes, she's yes, off yes, in the yes. clink, you're there sort of lobbying on her behalf and well, it just seems a little nuts.
6: Well, no, listen, okay, okay, Rick, let's, let's talk turkey here. <laughs>
0: let's. Let me pull up a chair.
6: Hold on. I was really, really, really sick. I became very addicted to Percocet, which was the pain medication. It took seven years to get to the point that I got to, and actually it was a stint in the Betty Ford Center. I write about it in the book that they were the ones that said to me, Marjorie, you've got to learn how to live with this and move on. And it was through that and therapy that I started to, my mind started to change you know, slowly. Like I said, seven years is a long time. Go through one day at a time for seven years. And when she came up, they were all granting her a new trial. Uh, I met with her mother, and I, I just started to, I don't know, feel... Like, I don't know, remorse isn't the word. That's not it. I just started to feel something I'd never felt, which was just sympathy for the mother. And she was in this hard jail for all these years. And I thought, listen, she's going to get out anyway. It's not like she got life in prison. She only was going to do another year or two. Um, And I... Figured out, you know, she was just a really misguided kid that had a lot of issues. So I I forgave her, and I forgave her for my sake. Not for her sake. It was for me so that I could move on with my life.
2: You never thought about, do you ever think about, you know, you go get yourself a gun, you take, you take care of things your own way years ago?
6: Years ago, when I was in my really, really angry phase, I used to say if I get cancer or if I'm told I have some fatal disease and I have three months to live, that's exactly what I'm going to do. It, you know, was get a gun and do it, because I figured uh, I'm going to die anyway. But right. that's the anger. That's the toxic anger that I had, the feelings that I just wanted to, you know, kill everybody. How dare she come and do this to me? I mean, I'm in my own home, in my own backyard, minding my own business, and she destroyed everything. But now, looking back, it's like... You know, it was the, it was what had to be. This is what I had to do in life. This is my next chapter.
2: We're talking to Mary Jo you The book is called "Getting It Through My Thick Skull: Why I Stay, What I Learned, and What Millions of People Involved with Sociopaths Need to Know." You, so were you worried that okay, you, you finally uh, dump Joey? You get out of there. You're out. You're out on your own. Did you ever uh, wake up and you thinking, oh god, what if I just pick you know the same guy over again, different face?
6: You know, I I guess I thought that, but then I made it quite a point not to. And um, I did, you know, date one guy, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall very quickly and said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going back to this. But it was very cordial. I just got out of it quickly, like within a couple of months, knowing that I see the pattern. So I was very aware of what not to look for. And I think with women and men, sometimes people, they do, they go from one toxic relationship into another, and that's really sad. And I hope that if people... People could read this and get the message that you know learn about this and all right no, don't beat yourself up you made a mistake move on and do better for yourself because you're worth it
2: hey, i gotta ask so many tv movies were made about the about the whole case uh, what was the favorite depiction uh, of you is there somebody which which one really nailed it
6: the favorite depiction we all know what happened at the end i open the door and i get shot it's like don't open the door you know,
2: don't do that so you're watching an actress on the screen you're thinking she doesn't look like me at all that's oh, ridiculous God. that was So surreal. I mean,
6: like, that's so silly. I was just a regular mom and housewife, and all of a sudden I've got all these women playing me on TV. And I mean, there's no favorite. The one that was our story, mine and Joe's, if you will, depicted more about our personal life, which was, what is it called, Uh, Casualties of Love? It's on all the time. I hear about it all the time. People say, oh, I saw it on Lifetime or the We Channel or some one of these cable shows, and that's the one with Jack Scalia and uh, Alyssa Milano in it.
5: If you ever, if you flip
2: by and you see a movie about your own life on TV, even though, as you said, it has no happy ending, do you stop and watch that, or do you just, like, click away as fast as you possibly can? Uh,
6: I click away as fast as I possibly can. Uh. Only once did I watch it, and and it was just once, and it was only a couple of years ago that I thought, you know what, I should really just sit here now that it's been a lot of years. I can look at it objectively, and but only once.
2: All right, well, uh, Mary Jo, but if you go, I, I have to ask this final question. We wrap this up here. I'm such a big uh, science nerd. There's no other way to put it. So I've got to ask this question. This sounds rude, but... If you, I know they're unable, you know, the, the bullet is there, they're unable to remove it because of the proximity, the, the, you know, they want to cause more damage and everything. Right. Does that give you trouble? Like if you're going through the airport and the guy's waving the wand and it beeps <laughs> and he goes, What's, what, are you, what are you smuggling in your ear? Right,
6: right. Well, not anymore in the beginning because where it is now, it went into the right side of my head and it slammed into my temporal mandibular joint and kind of took a downward turn. And it's right close to my spinal cord. And now after 17 years, a lot of scar tissue is formed because as a science nerd, you know that in, in a foreign object in the body will eventually, you know, it, it immediately starts to protect itself by forming scar nice. tissue around it. And that's what it does. So I've got a nice big... Scar around it, so i don't I don't set off the alarms anymore.
2: the book is called Getting it through my thick skull what i uh, why I Stay, what I learned what millions of people involved with sociopaths need to know Mary Joe but all right best of uh continued uh, everything with you and good luck with the book and uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank- Thank you. There you go. That is uh, Mary Jo, uh, but if you go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Craig. If you want to, uh, I had to uh, eschew my typical best of continued success ending there because yeah, I saw you kind of. <laughs> well, really, what do you? You know, hey, but, but hope everything keeps going the way it has been. I, all right. Well, you two were chatting like old friends
4: sitting in a coffee shop in Manhattan. Oh, we're just talking, okay, Tim.
2: It's just a clatch. Uh, Straight ahead, Christy Turnquist, the Oregonian, and Tim Riley at the news desk. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. This
0: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 5:03, 228-4101. 5:03, 228-4101. Uh, Sarah Dillon right now. We are at 104.7 degrees. So it is America. cooling off. No.
3: Oh. No, that's hotter. <laughs> well,
2: no. <laughs> no. We have these fans going. I'm wondering what they're doing. They're just They're raising the room temperature, Tim. Uh the they're electric just motors their blades. The electric motors are creating more hot air, and then the whirling blades are blowing it around the studio. All the better to heat our overly, uh. overly, uh. What do you call it? What's that thing that's not a hypothermia? Hyperthermia. They're exacerbating our hyperthermia. It's hot, it really, is what <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> it say. It's hot. It hot long time. Uh, so, yeah, the air conditioning is out here. So, this is sort of our karma, by the way, for all of us having air conditioning. Greg, do you have air conditioning? No. Excellent. So, like, at your house, you've got your places... Uh, got, not the entire place. We have a really crappy little window unit, but it's better than nothing. Okay, but is that, like, in the bedroom? Yes. See, that's yeah. where you need... That's so, what I have to have, a know,
3: crappy little one in my bedroom. This is
2: exactly what it is? This is like... This, this is, is
3: karma. Thank you. Th-
2: th- th- my wife, uh, who's a big, uh, uh, you know, dirt-clod, uh, rummaging hippie, would say this, that because... The four of us were talking to Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week uh, last Thursday, and we were talking about having air conditioner guilt. Do you remember that? We were like, do you have air conditioner guilt? We're like, when it's really hot, you feel bad about having air conditioning? My wife would have you believe that that word traveled out into the universe, and the universe decided to grant our wish and remove our guilt by removing our air conditioning. So it is now 105 degrees in the studio. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley
0: and shows non-stop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009
4: continues. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. 729 Monday morning. At least two people are hospitalized over the weekend when they were hit by a racing car that veered off the track. This happened at River City Speedway at the Columbia County Fairgrounds. A paramedic was uh, standing with a relative near the tracks when the car hit them. There are unconfirmed confirmed reports that two other people are also hit. you think they would be able to know that by now. It happened two days ago. A nail salon employee is in trouble, accused of sex abuse. McBinville Police Detectives say, David Pham, sexually
2: assaulted a customer. Wait, we're not, okay, let's stop right now. We were not just now snickering at the nature of the crime. No. no. We, earlier this morning, played uh, this song that we sometimes roll out. Mm -hmm. It's called the Oscillating Fan Song. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a news story last year where Tim rhymed oscillating fan with the word man with the guy's name, and the name was Dong Pham. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you just said David Pham or whatever... Well, David Pham.
4: (laughs) The 18-year-old victim was the last customer to Mr. Pham's nail salon and was alone with with the Fam at the time of the incident. The victim reported that Mr. Pham touched her inappropriately
2: while she was at the nail salon. On that note, straight ahead we have Christy Turnquist of the Oregonian who will give us the weekend box office wrap-up. Do we have Michael Jackson news today? I do. I have a lot of it. Awesome. You know why? Because I've got a I've got a Michael Jackson observation to make. It's something that probably hasn't occurred to you, but the minute I say it, the minute you look, you're going to know that I'm right. Uh, So we have Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian. She is coming up next. Later on, more news from Tim Riley. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles will join us at 8.20. And coming up at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, Sarah Dillon and I will have our True Blood recap last night's episode. And by the way, I just pulled the audio from last night's show for what I believe is the worst quote of, of, of the episode.
3: Okay, I'll find mine.
2: I found the single worst line of dialogue from last night. Maybe not the whole series altogether so far, but it was the worst from last night. So I pulled that. We'll have that next. It is is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. A
4: brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles <laughs> the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam <laughs> was beaten with death. a fan.
2: What is going on in this news story?
4: Well, a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the van in the bedroom is waiting. And his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fam was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs with the oscillating fan. Fam like ham? Right, okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Bam. Cam with a P in front of it, which makes it a Bam. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and Everyone
0: the now. Bam. Stop. Mr. Dong Bam. Okay. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Insert Middle East country here for Comic Effect. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the... Rick Emerson, radio program. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday in Mere Moments. We'll be joined by Christy Turnerquist from the Oregonian. We'll talk about Weekend Box Office. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, we'll do our recap of last night's episode of True Blood. Which was
3: ridiculous.
2: And I, I'm back in my office just now, where where it's a pleasant 75 degrees. And I was pulling the audio, and I cannot for the life of me find the one sentence that I'm trying to pull from last night's uh, episode. I'm pull, I'm finding everything around it. And the acting is just as bad as uh, just as bad as I remember it. In fact, even worse. Because I was watching it last night in an advanced uh, state of sleep deprivation because it was at the end of a long day and I was up kind of like way too late and you know I was like ah must watch True Blood before sleep and uh, you know just powering through it and I was worried that it wouldn't hold up uh, today just in terms of pure awful, but. He oh really no, it does. did.
3: I watched the whole thing this morning and it was quite terrible. Even Eric was terrible last night.
2: Everybody was awful. Everybody
3: was. It was it and was Sucky was extra annoying and like
2: I did I did incidentally I pulled a little soundbite of Bill actually giving one of his full-on mispronunciations where he goes, "But Sucky." So it's just yeah. <laughs> And the but phrase sucky. and the phrase "But Sucky" is fantastic anyway as well.
3: Uh, oh, we're 12.
2: We should uh, note that uh, if at any point during today's program you hear a series of loud thumping sounds followed by protracted periods of dead air, that is because the air conditioning here at Rock 101 k KUFO uh, broke down at some point over the weekend. So now, uh, our time for temperature check. It is 7.44 a.m. The temperature in the studio is 105.3 degrees. Bam! There you go. If it gets uh, to 110, we win some sort of a prize, like uh, death. <laughs> All right. Hello, Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian. How are you? Oh, sorry. Different no, microphone there. All right. Am I on now? Good morning. Are. How are you?
1: Well, I, I feel I fine. I see you are
2: all black. That was a good choice.
1: <laughs> well, I was listening to you guys, and I was thinking, if it's that hot in the studio, what excuse can I come up with for not coming in? And I want but... to look
2: fashionable when I die. <laughs>
1: well, I was thinking I could call in and say I woke up with dengue fever, and I can't possibly come to the studio yeah. and sit there in your hot box with you. But I actually so have since to say... you
3: are, Since we've all been complaining about it, is it as hot as we're saying that it is? It feels like you could cook pizzas in here.
2: Yeah. Usually. It's like being in a microwave. I should say, actually, just to, to, to be honest, I I don't know whether to feel bad about this or not. I did consider calling you and telling you that you should just do it over the phone today. And then I just didn't, not not out of any malice, I just sort of, I I thought about it and I was like, ah, maybe I should, maybe I should just tell Christy she can call. And then we just got so busy. Oh, Uh, sure, uh,
1: sure. No, you just wanted somebody else to come down here and validate your suffering.
2: I was all busy having uh, Mila Govovich tell me how great my voice is. uh, I heard that, You hit it off. Time
1: flies when you're doing that,
2: Christy.
1: It's nice to know where I rank on the pecking order. Not that I, not that I mind. It's all right. I'm just...
2: Well, now it's all awkward here, in here. Anyway, yeah, now it's uh,
1: Rick just likes to have his ass kissed.
2: Not oh. a sort of it's sort of embarrassment with a thin coating of viscous sweat over the top of it. You know, yeah.
1: there's nothing like extreme heat to bring out all sorts of weird. Uh, this is true. Like, it brings out emotions. The, the real emotions. It's like yeah. we're all
2: starring in No Exit or something <laughs> together. Next thing you know, one of us is going to turn out to be a clown, and they'll You're find us in the snow.
3: We're all going through this together. We're all battling together.
2: It's like being in the Hanoi
1: Hilton, Sarah. Mm. All right. <laughs> Actually, it reminds me. Remember that terrible movie A Time to Kill? You know, with I Matthew McConaughey. That yeah, they that's up. the Thing right? And, yeah, like but I mean, it's her Bullock, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's set. At, what is it in Mississippi? Somewhere in Mississippi. Mm. Is it on the hottest day of the year? And nobody has any air conditioning in this movie. Everybody no. is. And they're, all no, they're, they're all shiny. They're all shiny. The thing is, you actually watch, judge. It's like she's been dipped in Vaseline. Moving. I feel like that's what we're in right here. Based in
2: the South, never have any air conditioning for reasons that yeah. sort of elude me. Especially because if you, uh, it's not like everybody spent a lot of time there. My wife spent the first few years of her life in Florida, and so she goes back there every now and again. And, I mean, I think of Florida separate from the South. I think of Florida as separate from being... Florida, there's Florida, and then there's, then there's like, a lot of the banjo-twanging states. And I view them as kind of separate things. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is like, Florida is like it is in Arizona. Like you, There's no one who does not have an air conditioner. Like, it just goes with the territory. You're going to live here, you've got an air conditioner. But you watch those movies, and they're always movies based on either John Grisham novels or books that Oprah has pushed. Mm. And it's just nothing but sweating and then a stepfather who molests you. And that's it. And then, like, you live in a trailer for a while... <laughs> and then like you have some fight with your mother but then years later when you have children of your own you have a reproachment and then you all make food together and the grandmothers <gasps> the there to, to, to dispense the <laughs> I.S.
3: <Sisterhood. laughs>
2: is that or, or or you know or that sure yeah And at some it's point It's
3: in the South and you just described the entire book yeah.
2: Wow <laughs> And that's it you know is a estrangement between mother and daughter and then there's like and then there's a coming together at the end and at some point Three generations of women in the family will be in the kitchen at the oh, same yeah. time, and they'll be making some sumptuous traditional ethnic dish, mm-hmm. talking about men, mm-hmm. uh, and then the grandmother will dispense wisdom, and the grandmother, who's from a simpler time, when people had homespun folk advice, uh, right. and then everything, and then they all sing like a Motown song together, and I'm oh, embarrassed. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. The, or the or they lip sync into yes. the you know, wooden spoons, as if they were microphones. <laughs> exactly.
2: And it's, one of them is always Mary, uh, is, what's her name, Jo Beth Williams. Uh, <laughs> Well, we should talk about movies a bit because for one of the, for the first time in a long time, I think almost all of us, I don't know if you saw Funny People. I have. So all of us actually saw the number one film at the box office because sometimes it come in here like half of us if we didn't have right. it. it right. So what was your take on the, on the new Judd Apatow slash Sandler film?
1: Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I didn't quite know what to expect. I know that all the you know industry buzz has been, um, Universal was worried about how it would do at the box office because they've been sort of stumbling all over themselves trying to market it because it's certainly not Pineapple Express. Right. Um, you know, obviously, it's about Adam Sandler's character. He's a successful comedian, sort of like Adam Sandler, diagnosed with a pretty potentially fatal, you know, blood disorder. Um, I actually liked it. Uh, yeah. It's getting sort of mixed reviews, but I thought it was.
2: And it did not, not bad, but it did okay. I mean, good enough yeah. for first place, but I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't think it opened. $23.4 million. Dollars. And yeah. I think somebody said that's the lowest opening for a Sandler film, if you want to call this an Adam Sandler film, which yeah. it almost isn't, uh, since Little Nicky, of all Ooh. things. Uh, so God, that's, that is
3: a terrible movie. Which means, oh, by
2: God. the way, that we can probably expect, like, Billy Madison 2. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that's how that's how it always goes. They do this little arty project that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and then they immediately got to go back to the well somehow. I, I'll say, we can kind of quickly uh, go around the room here. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. And I'll tell you why. My two my two sort of descriptions for funny people are this. One, it seems very much like he was trying to make a Cameron Crowe film. Because, you know, there's Jerry Maguire, which by some estimations, including mine, is sort of the perfect date film. Because there's the there's the sports agent, show me the money stuff for guys. Yeah. Then there's the stuff between Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger, uh, you know, for women. And they're merged together in that way that only Cameron Crowe can really do right. Whether it's a perfect blend of guy movie, chick movie... I think Appetite was trying to do that, but he couldn't blend them, and so he just made a guy movie and a and you know and a chick film, and then joined them at the middle with yeah. this weird transitional device. So it feels like you watch one movie, and then there's kind of like a bridge, and then you watch a whole second film. It does feel that way. It almost speaking of Cameron Crowe, uh, Funny People almost seems to me like uh, it, like Appetite was trying to make a comedian version of Almost Famous. And it follows exactly the same story arc. You know, there's the big successful guy. There's the young up-and-comer who is, you know, saddled, sort of following him around, be, you know, and trying to get to the real man but kind of being pushed aside. And meanwhile, uh, you know, he's, uh, the movie is filled with tributes to and shout-outs to legends. There's all of that great artwork. Yeah. people, You see the famous comedy albums know, on the wall. I I was getting
1: wall. distracted just sort of staring at the wall. There's a picture the of Red Fox. There's, yeah. a, there's
2: Alan Sherman. Yeah. Um, you know, and at the end, uh, I don't, spoiler, lol. Uh, there is the moment where the star betrays the trust of the young up-and-comer, based around a woman, of course, and then, at the end, spoiler, lol, two half, if you don't want to hear it, <laughs> they have a rapprochement where they sit man-to-man, one-to-one, and start talking about comedy, whereas in Almost Famous, it's sitting one-to-one, man-to-man, talking about music. They're the same movie. Hmm. That being said... It's not nearly as good as Almost Famous, but I think it's good. I think it's. I give it a strong thumbs up.
1: Yeah, and I I mean, I found it a lot more interesting than um, Knocked Up, which was, you know, I mean, Apatow himself has only written and directed three movies 40 year old virgin, Knocked Up, and now this one. I mean, obviously, he's had his name on a gazillion other movies, but in terms of movies he's actually made, it's only been these three. And Knocked Up, admittedly, it opened to, you know, a bigger box office for whatever that means. And it was it was praised lavishly. And at the time, I thought, why? I mean, critics were just jumping in and in and out of, you know, uh, you know, superlatives to say what a thoughtful, interesting movie it was. And it really did not work for me at all, because it just seemed to not understand women at all. And I think Apatow still has a problem understanding women. But I thought that the male characters in this movie were um, a lot more interesting and complex and layered than in, uh, you know, certainly in, in most of the Apatow, uh products. I like to see that. Produced.
2: What's his name from Rushmore, that Jason Schwartzman guy? I'm glad to see he's still getting work. Cause I was afraid he was going to be stuck as Max Fisher forever. What did you, Sarah, what did you think of Funny People?
3: I didn't like it. I thought I uh, like I and I know that I didn't like it because I haven't thought about it since the second I walked out of the too
2: elevator. long, too whatever, too long, just...
3: too many storylines. It was really confusing. I felt like it went on forever. Yeah, uh, there were some funny parts, but I mean, it just seemed like a big old mess to me.
2: Well, and it just seemed like there's this final third where they're, they're uh, Sandler and broken at somebody's forever. house, ever, and it's like you start to feel like you're in some Greek tragedy where it's like no one can leave, where it's like you know, it, it's...
3: and it wasn't terrible. Like I didn't hate it. It just didn't kind of it, like it doesn't really exist to me now. Like I saw it, I'm like you're indifferent. I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah, Tim.
4: It was too long. I wanted to go home.
3: <laughs> and see, I guess
4: part you're of
2: thinking the... of today.
4: Oh, that's true. I got the two confused.
1: Part
2: of the, the reason... Rick Emerson show was great, but studio execs <laughs> wish that they would trim two hours from its running time. <laughs>
1: Or at least degrees from the mm. uh, from the studio. I guess that's part of the reason why I liked it is because I didn't know where it was going to go. I mm. really didn't know what was going to happen. And I admit I wasn't crazy about that whole bit with, you know, Leslie Mann and all that. Although I thought Eric Bana was pretty entertaining. It's interesting was. I
3: liked that
2: all the sections of the movie that were way too long, in my opinion, are the ones starring Apatow's real-life wife and kids. So yeah. you know that that
1: was some stuff he
2: wasn't going to be able to cut out.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish he would uh, let go of that a little bit. You made a really
2: good point. Uh, Christy uh, actually emailed me last night. You said that you thought it was Adam Sandler's best performance mm-hmm. because... Because he was playing kind of an unlikable hack bully, which you kind of think he is in real life. Probably,
1: you know. I mean, when you think of all the people who've come out of Saturday Saturday Night Live and have gone into movies, have have any of them had less talent overall than Sandler? And I'm not including people like Chris Kattan, but you know, I mean, Will Ferrell. You know, he's he's got a lot of talent. He can act. He can be funny. Sandler just kind of has a squeaky voice. Yeah. No. I mean, his comedy stylings are squeaky voices and funny faces. He can't act. He's not likable. He's not particularly good looking. He's not the Ryan Seacrest of need movies. <laughs> Yeah, but with worse.
2: hair. I think it should be 105 degrees every time you talk about movies, Chrissy. I like your spunk. Uh, what was the uh, what was the rest of the box office?
1: <laughs> well, let's see. Well, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince had had kind of a nice bounce. It moved into some IMAX theaters that had been vacated by the Transformer sequels, so it bounced up to number two and it made 17.7 million, it's looking good. And G Force, the Guinea Pigs, yada yada yada, was in number three with 17.1 million. The Ugly Truth, you know, and I mean. I would much rather see funny people than the ugly truth. The I mean, thing is Dullsville, you know, formulaic rom-com but
2: The thing that mystified me was your number 5 which is called
1: Aliens in the Attic.
2: Which I'd never even... That's one of those things that I... Because I don't have kids, I was completely oblivious to it.
1: I know. I was sort of stunned by the whole thing, too. I guess it's a fantasy kitty film. It made $7.8
2: Excellent. On that note, what is coming up in the Oregonian, Christy Turnquist?
1: Well, let's see. I have a story today about uh, an example of this growing trend, which are uh, people in Portland making TV series for the web, basically. Um, I have a story in How We Live Today about that, and then I'm still working on a story about uh, artists... Uh, live workspace called Milepost Five. So that'll be coming up soon. Awesome.
2: Reader and print of the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. Christy Turnquist.
1: You're right- free
3: now, Christy. <laughs>
2: Seriously. Run. Oh, God. Run for your lives into the cool embrace of the outdoors. <laughs> if you are Caller Ten right now at five oh three two two eight four one oh one, we are going to give you a copy of the complete second season of Pushing Daisies, the critically acclaimed Emmy winning series described as quirky from Warner Brothers Television. Caller Ten right now on the Rick Emerson Show.
0: More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO Portland.
6: Live
2: from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. 503 4101 In just a moment, we'll commence our recap of last night's True Blood episode. It's okay. Uh, Jim Roop coming up at 820 with uh, Michael Jackson News. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Monday morning? Bystanders
4: are caught in the middle of a TriMet bus brawl. And by the way, if you ride TriMet, you may be startled to hear what you don't have to wear, especially and, uh, the ladies. There's a fried pork skin recall underway nationwide. <laughs> And a hunt-headed teller loses his job for tackling a bank robbery in Seattle.
2: At some point before uh, 9 o'clock as well, we're going to give away a pair of fifth row tickets for the Summer of Rock at Clark County Fair. Starring Stain, Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. Uh, plus, you'll have an invitation to our special private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier in the day. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, all concert info available at uh, KUFO.com. That is coming up. At this moment, before we uh, commence our recap of last night's episode of True Blood, we should say that if you are our caller, the 10th at 503 228 4101 503 228 4101. You, yes, you. We'll get a, a pair of passes to the KUFO premiere of The Goods. Live Hard, Sell Hard. And that is uh, next Tuesday, August 11th. Opens nationwide uh, on the uh, August 18th. So uh, if you are caller 10 right now at 503 228 4101, you're going to win a pair of passes to the KUFO premiere of The Goods. Live Hard, Sell Hard. On that note, ladies and gentlefolk, Sarah Dillon. Last night's episode of True Blood
3: was ridiculous.
2: I have to say, here's the great thing about this show. Well, it just A, keeps getting dumber. Nothing, <laughs> but yes, but see, but that's the great thing about it is every like, time,
3: every redeeming point of it is slowly going away.
2: And when you think that there are no levels of, of absurdity that you can that you can reach, the show proves you wrong. Um, I should also say that I started to hear from people, people who are watching it that weren't watching it before, or people that are getting HBO. God help you, just so you can watch True Blood, which is great. Don't get me wrong, um, but the, they always email back with they say hey by the way uh, i got hbo so i can watch that true blood the show is crap and i and i always say
3: people get so angry at me too because they're like this is the dumbest show ever
2: and i point out that having hbo is great anyway you want to do that regardless because i mean it's it's not like a paint plug or anything i'm just saying like that's that's one of them that's one of the must have channels just because of everything else that's on there but my conscience is clear every time we talk about this show we make sure to point out that we is are sh-
3: aware of how dumb it is,
2: and it's thoroughly irredeemable on any sort of artistic and it's level.
3: Completely entertaining.
2: Yes, it is, Sarah. All right, uh, why don't you go ahead? We'll start with your notes from last night. I'll give you my notes, and then we'll uh, swap sound bites. Here.
3: Okay, I'm, I'm glad that we got a little bit uh, of the orgy scene from the week before because just to like kind of reestablish how ridiculous that is. Yes, Marianne's kind of annoying, but I'm glad that uh, her character is starting to develop a little more. I don't like Lafayette as much as I used to after he got kidnapped by the vampires. Yeah, Eric was pretty annoying. The whole Bill in the past with the woman is actually pretty cool. Uh, Sukie. With the guy in the cage was a little ridiculous, um, but I do love the word fang banger. That made me happy because they said that a bunch of times last night.
2: I'll say this: uh, the Marianne vibrating continues to be the worst special and the effect on television. Thing looking like, and I described her last week as looking like the Jamiroquai logo, where it's the guy and he's got his head all tilty, but with these huge like steer horns, which is exactly what and she, she looks, looks like.
3: Not scary, running around in a dress like. Yeah, (laughs) sitting there going
2: as though she's standing. It's like she's talking to you through a fan or something.
3: And Daphne was. um...
2: Daphne was that blonde shapeshifter that was like humping uh, Sam. I for for a minute last night it was like neck and neck about who was the worst actor, uh, whether it was her or the guy who plays Bill or Eggs or Eggs, the guy that plays uh, Eggs, who's who's getting it on with uh, uh, Tara. And by the way, I'm now I've now turned on that character. I still find the actress to be really hot. I'm now off of the character character altogether. See,
3: I've always been off of her. I've never liked her.
2: I have here uh, notes from last night. Who has worst accent? Daphne? Bill? Judge is still out later on. Answer in. Bill. I have them below that. Bill's 1935 flashback is the worst acting I have ever seen anywhere on any type of television program.
3: When she brings in the girl for him? Yeah.
2: He's like, you need to go. Also, None of my predictions came true. All three of my predictions were fail. Here's the thing about it. Last Friday, I almost, I came within like a hair's breadth of predicting that s- uh, Thucky would use her, uh, whatever, yeah, her he te- s- telepathy. No, no, that's when you can uh, 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 move stuff. Oh, okay. It's uh, her telepathy to summon that Barry guy who worked at the vampire hotel. She, mm. uh, she, so she, Which she did. Also, and I know I say this every week. It's not just that that Jessica girl oh, is unbelievably God. hot. No, no, no. you got to hear me out on this. It's not just uh, that the she's hot, which she is. She is probably the most interesting character on the show right now to me.
6: I
3: think so, because even if you're watching her, you can see that she's a sweet girl, but at the same time, she looks like she might snap in a second. Because so don't you You sense, can't figure her out.
2: You know what she reminds me of? And I know this sounds hokey. That Jessica girl who recently was turned into a vampire. She was a good church-going girl until she got turned. You know what she reminds me of? Those people who will adopt a tiger cub. And it's like the cub is great and adorable and wonderful, and they think if they raise the cub in captivity, it's going to be their pal. And then the cub hits whatever cub puberty is, and then it immediately you know they come home one day, and the, the cub goes That's right for the jugular. Totally That's her. She's one of those animals that you raise, and then the animal turns into an animal, not a cute thing one day, and then, you know they, you, you got no face. Uh, I got that. All right. Uh, do you have a piece of sound to play? I do. All right. So this is a uh, sound from last night's episode of True
3: Blood, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. This is what I think is one of the worst lines ever. All right.
6: This every bit as much as you did.
4: And the strange thing is, I don't even feel guilty about it.
0: So you're crying, cuz.
4: Because I'm so happy.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, Jason. I thought I loved Steve, but I never even knew what love was until you just showed me.
2: <laughs> wow.
3: That yes.
2: I'll take uh, badly produced internet porn for a thousand. All right.
3: This is that's, that's Jason Stackhouse and the preacher's wife.
2: And this to me is the single worst line from last night. This and then I'll play uh, just, a, just a little bit of context and then we'll uh, we'll take a break here in a second. But this is the single worst line from last night. This is Sam uh, talking to Daphne. Killing people,
3: cutting out their hearts. That ain't love.
2: There you go. So, in case you were unclear on that concept, in case I, you were fuzzy, <laughs> but here's just Wait, a little bit. What was bit that again, Rick? What? Here's a, let me give you the wraparound. That? Here's the full. She saved me. Oh, by the way, I'm playing this. Listen to how bad this accent is on this Daphne girl. So it's a terrible and accent. She's like
3: swimming around in the water, like gurgling water, and doing that horrible accent.
2: And she's talking like this, and, and then she leads up to that line. You still feel-
7: saved me. Gave me a whole new life. Hold new laugh. laugh. No fear, no limits, just love.
2: Killing people, cutting out their hearts, that ain't love. And that's one to grow on, kids. The more you know. Uh, do, uh, Two more quick pieces of sound. Tim heard me preparing these today. When I said that Bill's acting is the worst thing I've ever seen in a major television show, this is what I'm talking about. These are from Bill's uh, 1935 flashback.
6: Throw
7: it away, moaning over what you've This is uh, his girlfriend. You disgust me.
6: Then
0: let me go.
7: No, I made you, and you are mine. You know
0: I don't love you.
1: You have never tried.
0: I have spent decades trying. Feel my pathos. I despise myself for what I did for you. I am acting. I killed innocent people to prove to you that I loved you. Look at me acting. (laughs) But it was pure nihilism. Don't you see me acting? (laughs) Sorry. I do not. I cannot. I will never love you.
2: All right, and finally, one more from Bill.
0: I won't do this any longer. It's over. No more innocent lives and bloody beds and cruelty for sport.
7: You are a vampire. They are food. That's your nature. No.
0: It is your nature. You have lost your humanity and you have stolen mine and made me into a monster. (laughs)
2: Awesome. And finally, killing people cutting out their hearts that ain't love all right that's what i'm talking about right there so uh there you go that is uh our a uh, true blood uh, recap uh folks for uh for this monday and uh where we'll just take this out here oh, and...
3: when you mentioned the fact that jason was shot
2: no no because <laughs> i found him less interesting than the guy who was acting with every fiber of his being because
3: you know he's not going to die
2: after this, we have a senior radio correspondent James Roop, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Los Angeles with Michael Jackson News. That's coming up at 820. More news from Tim Riley straight ahead this hour, and sometime before nine o'clock, your chance to win a pair of fifth row tickets for the Summer of Rock featuring Stain, shine down Chevelle and Hailstorm. Stay listening. It's a Rick Emerson Show.
0: Now I'm broadcasting everywhere, at all times, to everyone, in accordance with prophecy.
2: Everybody wow. kneel before me just for like three seconds.
0: No. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like
4: a bunch of mad wolves. And they stretched forward. I thought I was going to die. Because they were like rabbit animals.
5: The Rick Emerson Show returns. <laughs>
2: downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. Don't forget, the sometime before the top of the hour, coming up sometime before the top of the hour, you're going to uh, get yourself a pair of fifth row tickets for the Summer of Rock at Clark County Fair, starting Stain, Down, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. Uh, that is next Monday, next Monday, next Monday, August 10th, the Amphitheater Clark County. Uh, plus, you're going to have an invitation to our special private acoustic performance from Shinedown. Uh, earlier in the day, tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, or you can go to KUFO.com for more details. All right. Uh, that is when you hear Stained sometime before the top of the hour. I'll be like calling every day, you know, like all the day when you, you know, all, all day when you hear But this is sometime before 9 a.m. when you hear that. And you're Stained. You be at 10. Uh, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: And shows non-stop coverage of Hot Pocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center, downtown Portland. 8:26.
2: It's nice outside. I can't wait to get out there later. What would you estimate the temperature in the studio to be right now, Tim? 103. It is 105.3 degrees in the KUFO studios. Um, I, don't I thought. I'm about,
3: like I'm gonna pass out.
2: Yeah, I, I was considering taking like a series of photographs and then posting it. But I, you know, you'll you'll just have to take us at our word. I uh, do
3: not want anyone seeing <laughs> the way I look right
2: now. We look bad, kids. Uh, so the uh, air conditioning unit went out at some point. Do we know when? I mean, it must have been like some some point over the weekend. I mean, it couldn't have been like Friday or something. It may have been. Uh, so. At some point over the last few days, uh, it just quit. The air is not conditioned now in any way. No. Uh, so it is uh, It is now 105.3. Sarah has changed her clothes at least once and discovered <laughs> that the human knees can sweat, which I don't think you knew. <laughs> I um, did
3: not know. I myself not have that, got well, the... Nothing while you the um, backs of the knees sweated. I didn't know the front of them did.
2: I've got the... <laughs> I've got what Greg Nibbler calls swamp ass going <laughs> oh on. God. Where it's like the back sweat that then becomes butt sweat. Tim, of course, is flawless. Every hair in place. Not a
3: bead of sweat on Looking
2: him. Looking perfect, Tim. Yes, but I'm melting on the inside. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, but that's that's okay. A Portland woman
4: says she and her one year old son were caught in the middle of a gang fight on a TriMet bus. This is bus 75. Two kids get on a bus and started talking about gang stuff. Is they that the, the bus to St. Gang, John's? Gang recipes. Yes, it was. She told them to stop fighting. Well, they didn't really care to hear that. As they were pushing, uh, they were sitting in front of the bus. One of the kids uh, fell on top of me and my child, she said. The bus driver quickly stopped the bus, called the police, and the teens took off. Tramit is reviewing security tapes, as they always do. And uh, they're just sorry. Oh, by the way... Anyone can go topless on the TriMet bus. There's no rule uh, stating that you may not.
2: So we got this email. It says, uh, "Let's see here. Now, all I'm getting, all I'm getting are just emails uh, about uh, Mila Yovovich and how hot she is." This email says, "By the way, it is legal to be topless on TriMet. Uh, men and women both." Uh, it Says today's Oregonian. states, TriMet doesn't discriminate. Women and men have an equal right to offend uh, their passengers with their th- 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 flabby, wrinkly skin and. <sighs> unpleasant folds uh i'm adding that i part. was swimming
3: with a bunch of topless lesbians yesterday
2: uh, was this after they got off the trimet bus? after they
3: got off the trimet <laughs>
2: yeah but see but at least the, look I, I don't know what they look like i don't know if they were folded or not but at least they were in a swimming pool and therefore somewhat clean mm-hmm. uh, that's not going to be the case in a trimet nobody no. on a trimet except oh, for the drivers is clean that is true that's
3: sweating and ew, yeah
2: now no, the driver there he is the bastion of cleanliness and hygiene everybody else it's like he just scraped out the bottom of a sewer well, the grieving Ryan
4: O'Neill accidentally was flirting with his own daughter. That sure was an accident.
2: That happened at uh, Farrah Foss's funeral. Wait, he his said... own daughter? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought for a minute you meant somebody else's daughter because my brain wouldn't accept the fact that he'd be flirting with his own daughter. Yes. He had just put uh, Farrah's casket in the
4: hearse, and uh, he was watching it drive away when he said a beautiful woman came up and embraced him. And he said to her, you have a drink on you?
2: You have a car? She said, Daddy, it's me, Tatum. Tatum, I, wait. Uh, what do you mean? Do you have a drink? Do you have a drink on you? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, is he was asking like. Yeah. Is that like yeah, saying like? I car- uh, carry a flask? Okay, like you have a cigarette or something. You yeah. have a smoke on you. Anyway, All right. Yeah.
4: Uh, so apparently he didn't know that that was uh, Tatum O'Neill. But it turned out to be that way. Well, she has.
3: Hey, pretty lady, you got a drink on you. Yes. She has. Daddy, it's me. Let's, oh, let's, uh, get your, let's get your drink on. What did she? she how did she respond to him?
2: Uh, she Ick. Said, Daddy, it's me, Tatum. Maced him. Well, you know, Tim, she's, uh, she may be all grown up, but she's still our little darling. That so. is true. Jesus. Well, the Sun reports Michael Jackson... Daddy, it's me! <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy, I'm sorry, I'm done, I'm done.
4: <laughs> Michael Jackson was reportedly killed by a shot of a powerful painkiller, administered to him by an aide as his personal doctor who slept in another room. That's the latest thing from the Sun. So whether or not we believe that or not. And because he got two of these shots, he died. Meanwhile, there's some uh, revisionist history going on in the life of Michael Jackson. For instance, take his cook, who claims Michael Jackson once stared at her butt and she caught him.
7: So I'm in the dining room and I'm putting the dishes down and their food and whatnot, and he walks in. You know, so I have menus on the table for the kids to see, and so I'm leaving. You know, I'm leaving the area, and I remember I'm walking out and I in turn the you go, just to see and all of a sudden. Shh, his head just turned and looked right at my tush. <laughs> and I was like, okay.
0: Fair to say in that moment, the King of Pop was reading more than one menu at
2: uh, at the same time.
7: <laughs> I think so. To
2: whom is she speaking there? I not, don't know. That, that sounds is,
3: like Anderson Cooper. Almost. And
2: it's a little bit like Ryan Seacrest, but I don't think it's Ryan Seacrest.
3: Where, why won't the chef just go away? She's like making the
2: She like, has a publicist. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, no one's going to be
4: going away anytime no. soon. Uh, let's see. We have other people in his entourage, including Dwayne Swingler, the supervisor of Everland Ranch, who says Michael called Joe Jackson the devil.
0: He denied most access to Joe. He called Joe the devil. And you, you could tell that he meant it. And I was kind of stunned, so we started talking about it. He was telling me Joe doesn't understand how much pain that he still feels to this day that was caused from when he was a child.
4: Wait a minute. Who's that? That is the uh, the superintendent at Neverland Ranch.
2: Are we really down to just the dregs at this point? Is everybody else either, they've either gotten their money or they've been told by a lawyer they can't talk anymore or they're waiting for the book deal to be in? Yes.
3: And so Michael Jackson s- says that his father kicked him in the groin, right? Yeah, and well, somebody else were never no, that said that. was somebody
2: that. else last week. But Jackson has said that the dad beat him relentlessly. Right. Somebody else said they saw the dad kick him in the groin and uh, mess up his but junk.
4: He, he didn't say he saw it. He said it was reported to him. That that was the gay lover of the dermatologist who reported that. God, this story is just ridiculous. I know, some
2: sort of a. I need some sort of a card, uh, like a scorecard, to keep track of this. By the way, everybody should now go uh, to RickEmerson.com. Please be going to RickEmerson.com for a visual aid, uh, which will accompany today's Michael Jackson story. I just. Uh, the only thing I put here is the headline. Just says Michael Jackson is a Team America puppet. You know it's true. And here's the thing, even hearing that phrase where I say Michael Jackson is a Team America puppet, you're not going to be prepared for what you see. You, you're you going to go and you're going to see this and you're going to realize how utterly, unbelievably, astoundingly correct that statement oh, is. I guess that is true. All right, so if you go there, you, what you're going to see is the cover of the new Rolling Stone magazine, unaltered, by the way.
3: Oh, my God. Is
2: he not? <laughs> Michael, I need you to come help your country. You know, and then it's like and then the Jackson puppet sort of like swings around at the end of some twine or something. Is he not a marionette from Team America in that photo? I believe so, yes. You go to rickemrikson.com you can say it's unbelievable. All right. Uh, let's do one more here and then we'll take a break, come back with more from Tim Riley.
4: Well, fried pork skins are being recalled. through your cupboard and see if you have some. More than fifteen hundred pounds of Camacho Foods to Chiriano's. I guess that's the Mexican version of fried pork skins, were not inspected properly by the USDA. The agency says ready to eat pork skins pose a serious health hazard if feeding. There are no reports of illnesses yet.
2: Ready to eat pork skins. Yes. Ready right. to eat pork skins. All right. Straight ahead, we have uh, Tim Riley. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget when you hear Stained sometime before 9 a.m., uh, you want to be Caller 10, you want yourself a pair of fifth row tickets for the Summer of Rock at the Clark County Ferris uh Stained, Shine, on Chevelle and Hailstorming. Find out more at KUFO.com. Tim Riley returns next Don't Go Anywhere. We're live from Portland. It's Monday morning. This
0: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
1: This is The Rick Emerson Show. Not
4: only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality
0: online.
1: Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com.
2: From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dax Holt from TMZ, as well as Don Taylor from Cinematical and Movies.com. Right. We want to thank uh, Mila Jovovich, who joined us today. Also, uh, Mary Jo Badafuoco, being a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, and so forth. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: And shows non stop coverage of Hot Apocalypse 2009 continues. This is Tim Riley.
4: Good morning, everyone for the CBS News Center Downtown, Portland, 846, 105 degrees in the studio. It
0: 106,
3: is, okay, Tim.
4: It is uh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For, forget about Smells like the 90s, it smells like burning flesh in here.
2: Uh <laughs> <sighs> when well, so, at least they'll never burn our wit away, Tim.
4: That's true. <laughs> A Seattle bank teller lost his job because he ran down a would-be bank robber and held him down until police arrived. Jim Nicholson, who's 30, worked for more than two years at the Key Bank at Seattle Center. He said now he understands the bank's strict policy about not chasing robbers down and holding them down, and that's what he did, and it's too late to take it back. From uh, Crick County, Oregon, wherever that is, comes word that a concerned citizen uh, slowed down his car when he saw a man walking down some country road. That's where he came from. The man said uh, his helicopter just crashed in the woods. And then the man became combative and uh, refused to act in an orderly manner. So the police arrived and this uh, fellow named Mick Rich of uh, Primeville also became combative and fought with deputies after he tried to convince them that his helicopter crashed. It turned down he made the whole thing up.
2: So wait, so this wasn't like a, a sort of thing where he was some rich guy and his helicopter did. I thought that was going to no. be the twist ending. And then it turns out he was telling the truth all along. Mm-mm. So not. He was just like a they combative. He's
4: a for down helicopter. He spent all this time and money. They report no distress signals and uh, no helicopter crash at all. His bail, $12,000.
2: So he was just another jackass, uh, combative, crazy person. That's exactly what he was. All right.
4: Uh, Bill Maher says Only about 42% of Americans Believe Obama was born in the
5: USA Listen to this Republicans Only 42% of Republicans Believe Obama Was born in the United States That's That's an amazing statistic How come in America Christians are the ones Who won't take anything on faith
2: It's funny
4: Marie Osmond's plan to return to TV will not happen as planned, Variety says. The singer's proposed talk show, which was expected to make its daytime debut this fall, has been bumped. Uh, they're blaming the economy.
2: Really? That is that it? Not, not, the, not the fact that she uh, seems to be on the knife edge of mental implosion at all points in her life? Uh, no, it doesn't mention that at all. Hey, speaking of mental implosion, well, two things. One, uh, we'll do the uh, non-snarky portion first. I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Pete. Uh, so I was out having lunch on... Um, I was at the uh, at the the Barley Mill Pub, which is one of my favorite places on Saturday. I, I just
3: ate there with my mom yesterday. Really? My mom and dad, yeah.
2: I was, uh, I was there on Saturday, and I was having lunch and uh, talking, and this guy stops by and he goes, hey, you Rick Emerson, and I... I said, uh, I am indeed. Uh, as uh, as Russell Hammond would say, on oh, my better days, yes, I am Rick Emerson. He goes, I listen to your show. You guys are great. And I said, thank you. So, uh, Pete, thank you for listening. I know you listen uh, via podcast most of the time. So uh, this is me wishing you a time-shifted hello, howdy, greetings, salutations, thank you, and please spread the word. Uh, don't forget you can get a podcast anytime, day or night, uh, from anywhere in the world at com. Now, on the other side of the coin, <laughs> we, as you know, you can text us. And this is a thing. I actually haven't been, what with all the, the heat and all, and it's now... Oh, see, no, no, no. See, now it's things are... Finally, we're on the winning side of the equation. It's now only 104.5 degrees. I'm oh, starting to get used to it. That's the thing. I think we finally acclimated... I have acclimated. to complain. Apparently, they're... Uh, well, hopefully, it's just like this tomorrow. <laughs> <Apparently> <laughs> and we, every day. The solution is being instituted as we speak. Um, so, you know, we're
3: just
2: so busy doing the show today and trying to keep ourselves uh, hydrated and so forth and finding out which parts of Sarah will start to sweat next. Um... That I never got a chance to open my text message window, so we you know you can text us anytime five two zero five one, and we can also reply to those. And you know sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And it's just somebody just saying the you know good show or whatever. You know sometimes we'll reply, and sometimes we don't get a chance. Some uh, texts though really require a reply, and then the best texts of all will actually reply to our reply. Such a case in point was <laughs> this text from this morning. This says. It must be so easy for talentless hacks such as yourselves to criticize others who are simply out there taking a chance trying to better themselves. What does
3: that even mean?
2: I I'm don't. I'm presi- criticizing. i criticizing. Well, any number of people who probably deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the text continues. Maybe they aren't as good as others, but who the F are you to judge them? I'd like to see you do a better job, but we all know that'll happen. Uh, never happen. <laughs> he then uh, continues. By the way... The texter says in a sort of rhetorical flourish at the end. By the way, I offered my co-worker $100 to change the station, and he refused.
3: Ooh, coworker co-worker.
2: <laughs> Looks like I'm stuck listening to your BS for now.
3: Dot, dot, dot.
2: He says ominously with an ellipsis at the end, hinting at his dark future intentions. By oh, the I- way, so A, I, I want to thank the co-worker... Uh, and you uh, know, so a uh, big uh, st- outing from all of stay us. Stay away
3: from that guy if you see him, like packing a pocket knife or something. Seriously,
2: I don't <laughs> trust that guy. He seems a little shifty, i right, yeah.
3: If somebody tried to offer you a hundred dollars uh, to turn off the station, stay away from
2: him. So that's the, and the best part about this is it's a three-part text message. <laughs> he had to send this in three different sections. So it ends, you know, so it ends with him saying, "I offer my coworker a hundred dollars to change the station." Looks like I'm stuck listening to your BS for now. Sarah replies with a. Thanks.
3: Thanks to you and your coworker for listening.
2: Thanks for listening. Smiley face. Best part ever, and this is how we'll end the show. The guy immediately texts back, and it just says, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. All right, there you go. Suck on I that, love friend. Him. <laughs> All right. We want to thank CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenma for joining us today. Also, actress Mila Jovovich, who thought I had a great voice. Mary Jo Buttafuco, who was uh, exceptional as well. Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian. Join us tomorrow when I guess we'll include Dax Holt from TMZ and uh, from cinematical.com and movies.com. Dawn Taylor. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely intelligent Sarah Stillen for Rock 101. KUFO in the newsroom Tim Riley who's been here since 3am ladies and gentlemen uh, As well
3: as Greg Nibbler has too
2: Yes, Greg, Greg, Greg Nibbler, Nibbler too. Production assistant extraordinaire. The man with the plan making things happen at the front desk. Uh, the gatekeeper Dave Zinn webmistress Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Donoff with me. Reynolds executive producer one Christopher J. Paddock smells like the 90s and smells like my socks. Coming up next with uh, our good friend Buzz Uh, Followed by Court and Fatboy, 3 to 7 this afternoon. It is Monday, August third, two 2009. Thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. Killing people.
3: Cutting out their hearts. That ain't love.
1: Attention, broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.